You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to the Boss Hogger Liberty Podcast on the We Are Libertarians Network. I'm your host, Jeremiah Morland. As always, I'm joined by our co-host, Dakota Davis. Hey, how's it going, Jer? Man, I'm well-traveled this week. Are you? I am. We'll talk about it in a second. Our show is about our lives in rural Indiana. It's a show about folks who are involved in politics. We promise that our episodes are going to be a fun and an easy listen. We interview people who are influencers, elected officials, political experts, and folks that we just find to be interesting. On my left is co-host Danny Morrill in the third chair. Welcome, Danny. Hey, guys. How we doing? Doing well. Your Cubs are 1-0? 1-0. Started off with a leadoff home run and uh, just enjoying the rain. There you go. It's been raining all day. So the guy who's uh, apparently causes all the rain in the county is the county commissioner, Butch Baker. He's with us today. How are we doing, Butch? We're doing fine, and we got plenty of rain. We got plenty of rain. Yep. It's, that was uh, that was going to be my very first question for you. Is uh, with your power as commissioner, is there anything you can do about the rain? Like, can you just stop it? Put a dome over Henry County? Uh, Correct answer to that is, is no. Can't do it. no. It takes all three commissioners to vote yeah. on that, and they can't agree on anything. That's yeah, not that's, just one guy. That's the way it goes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's man. not. A, there's not a county mayor. No, no, not yet. <laughs> Although I've heard talk of trying to have a county executive. So far, we just have the uh, we have the three. But he lives out there. But no, <laughs> we're still trying to get him on the show. <laughs> He's Danny's neighbor. All right. Anyway. Uh, it's been a busy week. I since I, we were here last, I I took a flight out to Washington D.C., hung out there for three days. Dakota, you've been over here rebuilding our studio again, yep. making upgrades. Yep. Uh, yeah, and I'm I'm dragging, but I'm here. You're dragging. I'm dragging a little bit. Tuesday, fire breathing. To, uh, fire you know, breathing. T- dragging. Tuesday night, I was back, and uh, Sarah's like, "You look tired." I was like, "I am tired. I've been I've been all over." This, the state of Indiana, the state of the state of Maryland, the state of Virginia, and the District of Columbia. Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, we we recorded a new bumper for the We Are Libertarians podcast for that that uh, we are syndicated through. And I sent you a message and was like, "Hey, did you get that out yet?" And you're like, "No, I've been busy." I've been, I'm like, I'm like, really, Jerry? Like, you know, get it together, man. It's not like you've been in Washington D.C. for three days. Like, exactly. That was uh. So what do you, Who'd you go out there for? So I went with, out with uh, Purdue School of Agriculture, a group called P. Carrot, and they uh, they advocate for land ba- uh, land grant universities like Purdue or the people that deliver extension or, or the 4-H program across the country. Uh, so there's like 57 land grant universities. Pretty much every state has at least one, um, and those guys are the ones that put uh, that do research, and then they it's basically evidence based research, and then they extend that back out to counties. So every county in the state has has something like the Purdue Extension Office that you see in Henry County, Delaware County, and all over the 92 counties and pretty much everywhere in the country. Uh, so it's a really neat group, uh, well-run volunteer organization. Had a lot of fun out there with about 35 delegates. Uh, we stayed out there for two nights, got to uh, hear from a number of different uh, experts uh, from Congress, uh, a lot of aides, staff members for the Ag Committee and, and uh, different members of Congress. Their, their staff members came in to talk to us. Chase Kitchen uh, is the 
lead ag guy for uh, for Senator Joe Donnelly. He came and, oh, and met wow. with her group again, uh, and and a handful of others. Um, lots and lots of uh, Purdue uh, researchers and the dean, this uh, Karen Plouth, the dean of ag, or the interim dean of ag. She was with our group. Um, so we got to hang out with those guys. Uh, actually, we were talking about this rain, and there's a, a Purdue research program they're looking at. They're trying to figure out if crop subsidies, which we've talked about a lot of different ag issues on this show oh, yeah. with Cade, uh, if crop subsidies, like for crop insurance, if we're actually retarding the market and saying, hey, instead of having to deal with rain that comes in on your property and you flood or say you come into a drought, if maybe we can do a better job of encouraging farmers to save the water that la- that falls in their fields instead of trying to put it out into a tile and out into a ditch, maybe the right answer is to encourage farmers to um, actually put retention ponds on their ground, save the water, and then use that in the summertime so you don't have to go back through and divert the water in the spring. You save it, hold on to it, and then if you're going to have drought conditions later in the summer, then you come back through and you actually use that for irrigation. And we know from the senator or state senator Mike Kreider episode that the correct way to do that would not be creating a law, but instead, uh, you know, gently nudging and encouraging. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's kind of what I'm getting out of that. Well, but they, they, there's also different ways, not at the state level, but with, uh, you know, incentives, because the federal government's involved in crop insurance programs as well. You could also okay. have a carrot and a stick on that as well. So, But also, if if it was made affordable to the farmers, if it was it would help them out in the long run, then they may be more apt to do that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And and if they, you know, once again, they're, they're, prob- they're studying that now, and they're, they're going to spend two or three years researching to see what results come of that, but... You know, long term, that may be a solution to, you know, as a county commissioner, you guys end up dealing with ditches and runoff and flooding. And it's a big, big thing today because we're getting biblical amounts of rain in the last couple of days. Yep. It's it's definitely good to have organizations that are out there researching, gathering information so that we we have a clue. And I would rather see that happen than uh, government dictate to them that they have to do something. But they might be good and might be profitable for them. But at the same time, when you try to push somebody to do something, uh, you have a tendency to. Yeah. Alienate them too. Yeah, so. right. it's a lot easier to lead somebody than to push a rope on them. Sure, it is. You're a horse guy now. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't have to put a rope on my horse. I just walk out there and he just follow me around. So just we're good. Follows you to the feed bucket. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So then, uh, while I was in Washington, the other cool thing that happened is I got you. If you're a subscriber on the iTunes feed, uh, you see that there's a bonus episode with uh, myself and a guy named Steve Solomon who uh, works at SB Nation and. Uh, the the team 980 in washington dc monday night i went to uh, rockville maryland and got to record an episode uh of the steve solomon show uh so that was in his very premium podcast feed and it's in uh it's in the boss hog liberty feed just yeah, uh, just because you really, guys are good folks really good show too you you really did a good job on there especially describing the differences between henry county politics and a county that has millions of people in it like yeah that was Really interesting. He's in uh, Rockville, Maryland, which is Montgomery County, which is one of the 10 wealthiest counties in the country. Uh, they have a county budget butch of over $4 billion a year. Not like ours. Anyway. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, their problems have more zeros at yes. the end. Uh, yeah, it was, it's just unreal. They, they don't have just county roads, but they've got an entire train system as well, which I was a total rookie at. I was uh, going back and forth with uh, an IndyCar friend of mine uh, today who works for NASA. He's literally a NASA weatherman, uh, Will McCarty. And he lives in Silver Springs. And I said, I took it. I made a mistake. I took the, I took the, this is going to sound like an episode of the Californians. I took the green line train to the red line and it, it looks like Florida. Kind of, and I took it up the east coast of the, of the train line because it, it goes all the way up the east side, then down around through Washington and back up. 
and I screwed up and took the wrong way. So I had like 20 minutes to my train ride because oh I'm, I'm an idiot. <laughs> so, anyway, but it was cool. It was, it was fun to go. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I'll have, uh, if you follow me on Facebook, I'll have some pictures of my, uh, my time out there. Uh, got to meet with uh, Congressman Messer's aides and uh, Congressman Carson's aides as well uh, in, the, in their office, office buildings. Uh, Congress isn't in session right now, so they're all back home running for re-election like, like Butch is. Um, but it was still still neat to go. It was yeah. kind of like the, there was nobody really paying attention, so you could go around. We broke into the uh, House Ways and Means Committee room, so we checked awesome. out checked out where they raise our taxes on the regular. So, so that was we, cool. Yeah, it's it's a once a year thing. If you're if you're really good friends with Jeremiah, then every year whenever he goes to Washington D.C., you know that your phone's going to get flooded with uh, messages and pictures of him and his group from Washington D.C. And it's like. It's 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 like you have some secret access because you're in all these different rooms taking pictures in uh, congressmen's offices and things. It's uh, it's pretty neat. It's it, a pretty it, neat it, program. It's a good trip. And we did on the um on the Sunday night. We we had a little bit of time and we went to the mall. The, the mall. I don't, if you've never been to Washington, it really is a good trip. Uh, and they've got all all kinds of different memorials. And it was the first time I've seen the Vietnam War Memorial. And I I was not prepared. Have you had a chance to go yes, yet? Yes, I've seen it before. I've I knew th- about the traveling memorial and I knew they had individual panels, but I had never been to the actual war memorial, uh, and I wasn't I, I re- really wasn't prepared. It was the most like moving memorial I've ever been to because it's the type on the font of the names that are on there. Everybody that lost their lives in the war, their name is on the on the monument. Mm-hmm. It's a single wall. It's all on grade, so there's a you're walking along the mall on grade like at level. And then the wall just starts, and it's just an, you know one name tall. And the more you walk, the deeper and deeper and deeper it gets. Wow, that's. And you get to the point where you're so far underground, you're like ten to fifteen feet underground, and the names are just they're just you know maybe three quarters of an inch tall. So it was rough. Wow. Still, tons of people out there, and it's a very active monument where there are people leaving flowers and albums and memorabilia and pictures, and it was it was rough. I was not uh, I was not prepared for that at all. So yeah, definitely worth worth visiting. So that well, was my Washington trip. I'll have some pictures posted, and folks can uh, folks can check that out. But um, all of that is free to the Smithsonian's, the the War Memorials. It's it's definitely worth the trip. If, if you're in if the you uh, the Boss Hog Liberty Inner Circle group, you already got to see all the pictures. There's a handful in there for sure. Yeah, so there's a little plug for that. Make sure you join that group so that you can see everything that's going on in that's our right. personal lives. We put it at, all out there on the line for everybody. So while I was away, you you spent some money on the studio. I did. And you, I, you put together a new program. What's this big announcement we've been talking about? Well, okay. So the first thing that, okay, well, first of all, we we need to we need to address the elephant in the room, which his is name, the, his name is Butch. He's right here. Big, <laughs> the big, the big, <laughs> I, that, big, he just has an big. R next to his name. That's no, why it's the GOP elephant. Yeah. <laughs> well, that is the giant banner that says it is your birthday. It is your birthday. And we have a chocolate cake with one candle on it that my wife Audrey Peavy made or Audrey Peavy. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I do that all the time whenever I'm talking you can, to her. You start over. It's Audrey Joe Peavy. <laughs> yeah, we're going to restart the live stream now. No. It's it's just Audrey Davis. There's no hyphen. And uh it is our birthday. It is. We, 50th one episode, year. 1 year anniversary this week of the launch of this uh this tiny little podcast that started with uh you, me, Audrey, Sarah, and Chris Spangle in yep. my uh, in my sunroom by the aquarium. That's true. We've come a long way in one year. We uh, we were in your sunroom, and then we started doing poolside, and now all of a sudden we're in a studio in my spare bedroom. 
and uh, we have brand new microphones. We've got lights and and big time elected officials like Butch Baker that hang out with us. That's true. And we hold them hostage for the first ten to fifteen minutes of the show. <laughs> no problem. This is this is where we make you comfortable. I'm comfortable. Yeah, I'm comfortable. <laughs> there we go. Mission accomplished. All right. So what's this? What, what are we doing? We got a big Patreon announcement. That's right. So uh, it, nobody knows yet. We didn't launch it early or anything. But the Boss Hog of Liberty now has a Patreon account, and I'm looking at it right now on the laptop. Uh, there's multiple tiers that you can go to. Um, I I just set it up while Jeremiah was gone. Um, you're going to see a nice greeting message from us, a nice video from us that says, uh, please donate to our cause. But uh, there's a couple of different goals that we have with this Patreon so What's account. a Patreon do? If people have no idea what Patreon is, what's Patreon about? Uh, well, that's a good thing to point out. So a Patreon account is uh, where creators like uh, all of us here at Boss Hog Liberty, we can set up an account and create different tiers of rewards and uh and monthly uh donations so we incentivize our listeners to help keep this show on the air so we don't have to come to butch and be like hey butch we want to be the pbs of henry county and we want (laughs) want y'all to write checks to pay for our podcast correct yeah so we're independent media we are we're a very independent media we are the independent media uh, that as far as i'm concerned of henry county we're the only people that are having uh, people, Butch Baker in our in our studio and filming this, putting it on Facebook, on YouTube, I, so that people can make uh, informed decisions. Or the spare bedroom. Yeah. Or go. the spare bedroom. It just depends on what you want to call it. But uh, that is uh, that's actually one of the goals, Danny. Um, we're trying. One of the main reasons that we're trying to set up this Patreon account is so that eventually. We can build our own studio, our own separate building to have a studio in with uh, world-class internet that we have available here and uh, basically just make everything about the show better. Now, is this a mistake? It says we're trying to move to Spiceland, Indiana, so we can have um, Darren Jacobs as our personal overlord. Yeah, what is this about? That is not a mistake. We're trying to get to Spiceland because uh, we just want to give uh, we just want to give Darren some property taxes and so- <laughs> You know, just a little kickback for Darren. We've been way too harsh on him here. No, so that is, that's definitely the goal. That's our five hundred dollar a month goal. Um, we need five hundred dollars a month for everybody, or we're just trying to get to five hundred dollars a month. We're just trying to get to five hundred dollars a month. You know, we we get uh, thousands of people that listen to this podcast. Um, are if everybody just donated five dollars a month, that would be, I mean, that would be huge. Welcome to church. <laughs> Father, Father Davis. So we, the five hundred dollars a month is our big goal. Our first goal is to hit one hundred and fifty dollars a month. If we hit one hundred and fifty dollars a month, my wife came up. My wife Audrey came up with the idea that we, me and her, will sit down in the studio and produce a second episode every week. So every Tuesday, Audrey and I are going to sit down. The listeners, the people that subscribe and donate to the show are the ones that are going to be able to listen to this podcast, and they are going to be the ones that are able to uh, pick out the actual topic. So, so they we, get to decide what you guys talk about. Yeah, exactly. And so, how much money do they have to spend for me to show up on a Tuesday night? <laughs> I don't know. I, <laughs> I think that one, one of the main reasons that we're doing this on a Tuesday is it's not going to be video so that I can still stay in my pajamas and my, my wife beater tank tops while we record the episodes. I don't have to get all dressed up and... And fancy for Tuesdays. I'm glad you put on pants because Butch is here. Normally, when Dakota does yeah. the show, he just wears his nice shirt and that's it. That's he's right. Like, he's yeah, not wearing pants like, on the it's air. It's like Anchorman. Yeah. So we have a couple of different tiers. 
that everybody can go to. You can go through it. Go to patreon.com backslash boss hog liberty. Um, we're going to post the link on the uh, on the Boss Hog Liberty Facebook page. We're gonna we're definitely going to make it known. We I created some artwork so that we can kind of advertise this a little bit more. But it is actually like it it is very important that we get this that we get this going because it's uh, it, it's what's going to keep the show alive and it's how we're going to keep producing this this media source for everybody that that listens in this in this area, this county, this district. Uh, if you've ever listened, just help support us. It's a big, it's a really big deal. So people can go to uh, patreon.com slash boss hog liberty to get more information on that or to be in the show notes later. That's correct. All right. That's enough public shilling at this point. We probably ought to talk to Butch <laughs> a little bit. Commercial's over with? Co- commercial's Hi, over. Hey, good. How are you? Yeah, you know. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's get to know Butch. You, uh, you've been a fixture in county government now for about the last uh, 12 years or so you've been elected as you serve you're, you're at the end of your first term as county commissioner yes uh so you're on the november you're on the may ballot and then probably on the november ballot if you win if you win uh, the republican primary if i win the Republican primary yes. uh and then you've served eight years as county sheriff yes and before that you spent some time as uh, i guess as an investigator for the prosecutor's office and then you spent some time with the newcastle police Yes. So walk us through what, you know, how, how you get to this point, how you become, get into law enforcement, and then what the progression is to to learn, to get the experience you have and to get to this point in county government. Well, you get into law enforcement uh, at the beginning. You get into it because your father, uh, who's a police officer, tells you, go do something else. <laughs> and as, a, as, as a young person, you never listen to your dad, so you do exactly the opposite of what he tells you to do. So I, I went into law enforcement, and I think... At the age of 21, I started with the Newcastle Police Department, and I spent 20 years with the police department. And I was under the old uh, plan, so it's like the military, 20 and out. And at the end of 20 years, uh, you can retire. So, so you're the, a 41-year-old retiree. I'm a 41-year-old retiree. Uh, and, and the reason I, I made that choice to retire at age 41, not because I want to get out of law enforcement, because I still loved it. Uh, there was never a day, and has never been a day in 39 years, that I didn't enjoy getting up and going to work. Um, but at, at 41, I figured I might be more marketable to get another job uh, and maybe work for uh, another agency and, and, and uh, be able to do another retirement at some point in time. So I left there, and I went to work for the prosecutor's office. And I had been working for the prosecutor's office as a part-time person for about a year and a half. So I started with, the, with them, and I... Uh, and I spent actually I spent four years at the prosecutor's office, and then uh, uh, what kind of work were you doing with them? Investigator, okay, uh, and basically running down um, some leads, mostly office work, uh, processing all the uh, paperwork uh, from the state police and the Henry County Sheriff's Department, Newcastle Police Department, Nicetown, Middletown. If they uh, if they uh, executed a, a, a I don't know rest on somebody, then basically the paperwork come in and somebody had to write up the charges and make sure that they were correct with the state statutes and hmm. and then uh, then give them to the, the ladies to type up. So I would be the one primary that would go through all those and process that. Occasionally, uh, I would get assigned a case out of the prosecutor's office to assist. Uh, I was still on the homicide team. Um, so did that kind of work. And then uh, uh, a newly elected sheriff, Kim Cronk, uh, back in 1999, uh, he came to me and, and hired me as his chief deputy or uh, as a rank of captain. So, so I went to work for him. So that's when you joined the sheriff's department the first that's time. That's when I joined the sheriff's department the first time. Yes, 
And then I was with the sheriff's department throughout his uh, eight years as sheriff. And then I, uh, uh, I guess I ran for sheriff. Uh, it was never my intention to be sheriff. It was never my intention to, to run for any political office. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, at that point in time, the opportunity was there. And, and uh, that election, there was seven uh, Republicans, all law enforcement officers, and we all ran for same office. You guys don't just arm wrestle and have a backroom deal on it. You, was you, that you, uncomfortable <laughs> in the locker room at all? No, no, not really. I mean, there was, there was a, there, obviously there was three uh, uh, troopers, a couple of them who were had been retired, one who was not, and then there was uh, the rest of us were uh, county deputies. So who ran? Like, is it was it like uh, I, I don't know? Did Rick run at that time? Rick McCorkle, the current sheriff. Rick ran at that time too. Yes, and then um, Land- Landon Dean ran. Landon is, is he a Democrat or Republican at that at that point? Uh, I think he was Democrat. Well, no, maybe he was Democrat. Okay, but, um, and then like I don't. Did Joe Wiley run? Maybe Joe Wiley ran. Yeah. He's the highway uh, superintendent now. Yeah, and he was a highway superintendent then. Okay. Uh, retired state trooper. Um, let me see. Uh, D- Don May ran. Okay. Uh, and uh, Elmer New ran, who was a detective with the sheriff's department at that yep. time. So there was uh, uh, Nyla Cronk ran. Yep. She was a current, uh, and as, as she is still is today, she's a current uh, uh, trooper with the Indiana State Police. So so that was that was sort of the gist of that. And, there, and we all... We all ran, and, and uh, uh, it, it was a, it was a long because uh, somebody got a jump start. Uh, <clears throat> he started about a year too early. Uh, <laughs> you can start running as early as you want to, but there's yeah, a lot more paperwork involved. Well, there's a lot more there's a lot more effort involved if you start running too early. You know, you yeah you you got you know, double the uh, the fairs to go to and double the uh, uh, parades to walk in and and uh, and double the amount of shirts you have to buy and so it, it, and you know so it, and it did it started a year earlier than what most of the races normally started so because uh don may started early then we all started early so then we all followed suit <laughs> damn so, it don yeah you know and, and don's a great guy he, yeah. he really is a great guy and, and uh, a good competitor uh and, and all in all i mean that that race although it was long and uh, uh it, it it was probably the uh, the best time as being in politics, it was the best time uh, out of all of them that I've been involved in. So then, in your time at the sheriff's department, you guys oversee. You have like two or three different major roles in it, running a sheriff's department. You have a jail that you look after. You are responsible for warrants and arrests, and then um, I guess there there are some other administrative functions that you have as a sheriff. Uh, civil process. Yeah. Uh, as a sheriff, you got to you got to manage the the hundred plus employees you have. Uh, you got to keep trying to hire them, uh, especially correctional officers. That's a hard uh, area to keep. Uh, it's, it's not a it's not a fun job. And back when I was sheriff, uh, it paid under ten dollars an hour, uh, and uh, so that it was it was a difficult to try to keep. And, and McCorkle, Sheriff McCorkle, today he, he's still struggling. Even though they've got the pay up a little bit, he's still struggling trying to keep. It's not a field most people want to go into. It's not a career that they want to spend their life doing. So I'd imagine you're competing because we have a, a, a state prison that's three miles north of your county jail. You're also competing for those same the same worker pool is also can potentially go up the street and go work work, work for GEO. You know that's true, um, but at the same time, uh, the sheriff's department, while I was there and while Rick's there now, uh, they. From time to time, we would get actually employees from Geo who 
came to work for us, mm-hmm. some part-time. Some would come part-time, then quit that a geo and come full-time. Uh, the, the, the pay difference isn't a whole lot different between them. Uh, and for whatever their reason was that they they might want to leave geo, and then we've had some that's left uh, the sheriff's department and went went to geo. So it goes both ways. So you were you were actually sheriff for for eight years, correct? Yes. yes. All right, and then uh, so obviously before that, you still uh, you still helped to really start kickstart a lot of things that that were going on within the county and the city. I have it. I have here on the show notes that in 1987 you helped establish the Area Drug Task Force, and in '89 you helped establish the uh, the emergency dispatch in the county. Yes, uh, I was uh, with the Newcastle Police Department, and in '85 I got invited to attend the National Academy, FBI Academy at Quantico, and uh, that was a three month uh, training facility. So one of the things I came back with that I was armed with was. Uh, information and uh, about federal grants and uh, there was a big push back then to uh, uh, try to do something on a local level uh, multi-agency uh, for uh, substance abuse drug task forces so uh, when I came back I started working on that process as a Newcastle police officer uh, again it's multi-agency so uh, worked with the Henry County Sheriff's Department uh, Kim Cronk and myself together ended up being the co-directors and co-writers and co-founders of the Drug Task Force. And ballpark figure, I think our first grant was two hundred dollars or $250,000 that the federal government uh, gave to us. And it was a, a multi-agency. There was, uh, there was actually uh, uh, five of us initially. There was uh, two from the city, two from the county. We had representatives from Nicetown and Middletown. Um, but as far as working a, a regular 40 hour plus hours a, a week drug task force, uh, we had one state uh, trooper, they were assigned to us and, and the, and the five of us, uh, conducted, uh, criminal investigations for substance. So did that fund the officers? Did that fund equipment or technology? What, what do those sorts of grants fund? What was the mostly everything, um, uh, didn't fund automobiles. Uh, luckily we had a couple of, uh, uh, local, uh, auto dealers who were, gracious enough to say, you know what, we believe in what you guys are doing and, and you can come and pick up a vehicle and you can use that vehicle, uh, for a couple months and then bring it back and we'll give you another one. Mm-hmm. Something like a, oh, a, cool. a Goodwin K car or something. An 80, 87. Uh, no, I had a 1972 <laughs> Fury, green Fury four door. It was a new uh, trade. Uh, yeah, it, I'm telling you, it, it was, it was a boat. It was a boat, you know, uh, but you know, you then, had to have just the, totally off track. I'm going to ruin everything, but you had to have some really cool old cop cars, right? And, and, and uh, oh yeah, the, the old you didn't always just have a, yeah. crown, a crown Vic. You had to have no, some other interesting. You stuff. know, being the boss, Hogan Liberty, we're pretty interested in old cop cars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and 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 there have been a lot of old cop cars, and and up until just recently, there was a whole uh, junkyard. When I say junkyard, a scrapyard out there, the, the, the highway, highway garage. garage. Yeah. Now I think we've in, recently in the last year and a half we've got rid of most of them. There's still a couple left out there, but we've we've managed to get them uh, hauled off for scrap. That's after we've taken the engine out and put it in another car. When I was sheriff, engines, transmissions, um, uh, differentials, that that was all. We strip one car and make another one. Which is Chop Shop. I like it. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Always the, uh, the he fast- doesn't need a title because it's a government car. <laughs> fastest, uh, fastest you've had a cop car? You would ask me that. I'm trying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, probably the fastest um, police vehicle that I ever drove 
was a, I don't remember what year it was. Um, I'm going to say it was Camaro. Uh, and it was an undercover car. Uh, the second time I, I, I worked drug task force twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started it uh, and then I worked for it in a couple of years. And then I, I got promoted to the rank of assistant chief. And then, then, uh, then, politics new mayor came in and, and i went uh, back to captain you were no longer the assistant chief <laughs> no longer no assistant longer... chief yeah. and, 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 that, and that was okay you know you you go up you go down that's just part of it you know so uh no longer the assistant chief so uh not gonna uh, vote for that mayor again well actually um uh they made me uh captain yeah and uh, uh and that was okay i was captain in charge of, of uh, detective division and then uh, uh about a year and a half into it the chief came to me and he says, hey, the mayor wants me to uh, offer you the, the, the assistant chief job back. Uh, and uh, doing basically what I was doing there, but just a different title. And it would have been a $1,000 raise, different title, but it would have also eliminated any overtime. And at that time, I was one of the few officers on the department that had homicide experience. So if there was a homicide, I was out. I was mm-hmm. called out on it. So, uh, you know, I would lose money. Uh, and I only had about a year and a half left before my retirement. So I, I opted not to, to take the job back. I, I stayed where I was at, continued to run the detective vision, and, and continued to uh, conduct the homicides that, uh, that took place in our county. John Phillips just joined in the live chat. How was he as a reserve officer? Ah, I can't. I, not I can't. very good in a foot race. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all those guys that are reserves, uh, you, you, you can't say enough about any of them. Uh, you know, all of them have little expertises in, in different areas, and, and they all do an excellent job. And, and without them, the sheriff's department doesn't run. Unlike the city of Newcastle, uh, it's it's a small geographical area, and the county is so wide and big. And when there's a project going on, uh, you need those guys to help out, even if it's you know if it's a task that uh, uh, somebody might look at and say, you know, that's not really that important. Well, yeah, it is. It's very important. If we don't have them guys volunteering not only do they volunteer but a lot of that equipment they buy out of their own pocket uh so it's not yeah. it's, a lot of it's not even stuff that we furnish them mm-hmm. so oh, yeah. uh, those guys they they, they serve a fantastic yeah job. i've i've long time had a lot of respect for the reserve program especially here in henry county actually whenever i was going to apply and uh was 20 so i couldn't because it had to be 21 close. i was close but uh i'm 22 now but I think this podcast might take a little bit of my time from that. <laughs> but it, I, I've always admired that. Always thought it was awesome yeah. that we had something like that here in Henry County. It, it's awesome. It's such a great program. And, and there's training. I mean, the training that the, the Henry County Sheriff's Department puts them through is not only the state training that they're required to 40 hours uh, uh, service training, but, but they, they do like a whole lot more training, uh, you know, probably like 100 and some hours, 120 hours of additional training and uh, uh, that they do with them that that really I mean it's, it's, it's similar to what the, the officers do that go to the the academy I mean after a couple of years as being a reserve I mean you can you can send them out there and give them the project to do and it's just it's no different than sending out your your um, your, your line officers your merit officers so in the uh, the live chat right now we're getting a question and you, I, you probably don't know this now but what's the response time somebody out on you know at Greensboro well, Pike on, on how, the south side of town how fast that Camaro is yeah that we didn't hear what, what you're driving <laughs> yeah. was you know I like his question better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this was a, a a police package Camaro nice Camaro didn't look like nothing like a police car and uh, oh. 
excess of 130. Okay. Okay. Well, there you go. So there, 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 there's the answer. A lot faster than I've ever gone in a car. <laughs> and we talked I about have that. no comment whatsoever. We yeah. talked about that in the very first episode, of, or the no, the second episode of Boss Hog Liberty, how fast we had each gone in uh, vehicles before. Mine was 91. 91. Yep. Yeah. Now it was downhill too, right? <laughs> it was in you a, need a uh, faster car, Dakota. <laughs> it was in a Chevy Sonic. So <laughs> <laughs> the uh, in the policies and procedures for the Newcastle Police Department and the Henry County Sheriff's Department, I think you'll find that the maximum speed that any officer is allowed to drive uh, is. Let me write this down real quick. 100. 100. <laughs> well, okay, hundred and five mile an hour. <laughs> <laughs> but that doesn't account for the radio. Yeah. Yeah, so we can radio ahead if you're doing and get 105. The next car. And get the next car to hit you. <laughs> Them stop sticks, they work real good. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, I heard Landon Dean's car isn't calibrated right, so 100 for him is like 122. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's popping right He's pulled me over quick. a couple of times, and he's handled it really nicely. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's been good. I, caught him, I caught him on a good day. Oh, man. And not since Butch pointed him to the park board. Now he's just miserable all the time. <laughs> Mm-hmm. All right. So one more thing we wanted to ask you about on the pace team. It was the uh, the pace team. 2010, you helped establish the Henry County pace team, uh, which is an interesting deal. Uh, you guys are you have a, a group that runs I-70. Our, our county, Henry County, has uh, three exits on I-70, east to west interstate across the state of Indiana. And then I think it's uh, at least two or three counties that are involved in the program. Wayne County and uh, Hancock County. What do you guys do? Or what do, what does that organization do? Uh, that was initially the... the uh, the brainchild of, of a uh, the sheriff of Hancock County and uh, Bud Gray. And uh, he came over and, and uh, contacted me and said, hey, would you be willing to assign or put somebody in uh, the Interstate 70 loop uh, just to do interdiction? And uh, and I said, yeah, I'd, be, I'd entertain that. And he, he said that there was possible some grant money. Uh, on, the, on the front end, as a sheriff, I made that decision. And uh, I I put an officer there. He put an officer there. Um, Wayne uh, uh, Richmond, Wayne County, did not participate. Richmond uh, said they would commit to an officer, and they later did, but they waited on the, the grant money. So for about three months, uh, I took one of my officers off the road and put him out there. And they, and they actually had some uh, good hits in that short period of time. But at the same time, we, we wrote a grant. Uh, Criminal Justice Institute grant, and uh, the first year we were funded 100% for four officers. So uh, the three, the four agencies, Richmond, Hancock County, uh, and Henry County, uh, they, uh, uh, Greenfield too. So those are the four agencies, and those four agencies uh, got um, manpower and, and vehicles and equipment. Uh, obviously, they all went to the black. And uh, everybody had the black cars, uh, SUVs, and uh, they uh, they patrol that out there, and they've been very successful. Uh, they've uh, they've taken off uh, when I say major pounds of, of drugs, whether it be uh, this is the group that coke. I always criticize for arresting tourists that are going from from one legal state to another with sure, marijuana. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Poor well, folks. But but the problem is, is it's not always just marijuana. Sometimes they've had uh, they've got some heroin and they've got some some other items, uh, pills. And they they actually uh, broke up several uh, non drug related. Uh, there was uh, the circuit breakers. There was a there was a guy and a couple of his associates that were going around multiple states, and they were stealing circuit breakers like you have in mm-hmm. your fuse box. Well, those things aren't cheap, and they were shoplifting them, and they had thousands of dollars with the circuit breakers in their vehicle when the pace team stopped them. What's the street value of a circuit breaker, Dakota? You're the expert there, in the room. I don't. 
I don't work with just regular ones. Square D? Yeah. yeah. You're, but Siemens. I mean, sometimes like they can be really expensive. Like your, your GFCI circuit breakers can be upwards of $80. Yeah. I, I mean, just for one. Like, right. And if you have two of those for your kitchen, I mean, for just the breakers in your kitchen, you're 160 talking 160 bucks. bucks. Yeah. Uh, I got pulled over by one of the members of the PACE team one time. Me and Chase Payton and our friend, uh, um, Kyle, um, we got pulled over for not wearing seatbelts in Kyle's car. And it was a Monte Carlo, and Kyle just got it. Well, his brother just gave it to him. And uh, he didn't have the registration for it. So uh, we ended up, like, we had, it was a, this whole big mess. And, uh, oh, my gosh. I, it, I don't even want to get into it because it's just it was just such a big mess. We had to call so many people to come out. We had to call the Did people that. Did you get bailed that, out of jail? No, we didn't have to get bailed out of jail. But, like, we had to call the people that his, uh, his uh, brother purchased it off of problem was it was like 12 30 in the morning so uh the guy had to get dressed and come out to where we were pulled over at it, it was it was a big mess but i i always wear my seatbelt. <laughs> what did it have plates valid uh, plates no i didn't have any plates on it, uh, that, it I've got some pretty bad pullovers. <laughs> we won't get it. So. Uh, there was about a year and a half where I couldn't go through Carthage without getting pulled over, and that was on my way between home and work. So I had I had my struggles myself. I never got pulled over anywhere else in my life, but Carthage, Indiana, man, I was I was a target. <laughs> I was a target. All right, enough about that. Uh, but you're the you're on the county commissioners, and you somehow you became the president of the organization. Is it was it your turn? How'd that happen? Uh, actually, I was president last year, and. Uh, all right, this year you're not. Uh, you know, I'm this year too, yeah, two All years right. in a row. And, and historically what had happened, I think Ed uh, Yanis was president for like maybe three years, two or three years. Kim Cronk, was, before that, Kim was president for two or three years. Uh, so last year, year before last, uh, which was my first year as commissioner, they both said, you're the president. And I said, well, wait a minute, this is a new gig for me, and I'd, and I'd really like to settle in for a year before you you make me president and, and uh had additional responsibilities, and, and I really don't need the extra money as being president. There's it, extra money it, in it? it? It pays a whole lot more money to be president. Well, that's where you're on the take right there. <laughs> yeah, I hear, is, I hear yeah. all this money about, yeah, co- you know, all this, yeah, everybody is, makes extra yeah. money in county government. That's it. Apparently, it's in the yeah, presidency. It's in the presidency. It's like the park board. They doubled my money when it became doubled president you? of the park board. Yeah, yeah. See From zero mean? to zero. Now you, now you know. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I talked him into not making me be the president the first year. So uh, last year, I became the president. Uh, and, and I accepted it and I was okay with it. I felt comfortable with that. Um, this year, uh, when it came back around again and there had been some discussion about rather than anybody keep it two or three years at a time that we just alternated every, every third year, you're going to be president. And I said, well, I'm sort of okay with that, I guess. Um, but, uh, the, the, the discussion went on a little bit further and they said, well, since Kim had it for three years and Ed had it for two or three years, and won't we give it to you for a couple of years and then, then, then we'll start the rotation. So, that made me the president the second year. Here we go. It's a long Brilliant. story, but that's a, that's the truth. So. <laughs> so what what? I don't think that we really covered this, but what was the the deciding factor whenever you decided to run for commissioner? For me, yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, one of the Cronks retired. Bill Cronk was retiring, right? And and the, so the spot was open. Spot was open, uh, and I was I was leaving the the sheriff's department. And, uh, and, and Rebecca and I, said you needed work. Well, <laughs> and, and, and she, and she did, but at the same time, uh, you know, uh, probably the biggest deciding factor, uh, was the fact that, you know, 
I've been in public service since I was 21. I've worked for the city government. I've worked for the county government, different divisions, uh, different offices. Um, and and I, I felt fairly comfortable uh, at that age, even though I was, I was getting up there in years, that I would probably be able to find a job someplace. Uh, and, and, and I was willing to you know, start looking. The only thing is, is the individual you just mentioned, Bill Cronk. That's probably the reason that I initially ran for this job. He hounded me. <laughs> uh, you know, he, 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 he said he wanted me to take this job. He wanted me to have this job. And uh, he says, I, he said, I need you to take my place. He said, I want somebody to take my place that I feel comfortable with. He says, I want you to do it. And uh, I wasn't opposed to it. Uh, as a sheriff, running for sheriff both times and being the sheriff, I don't necessarily consider that uh, – it is, but I didn't. I didn't consider it a political position. Uh, I mean, it is an elected position, but I was still Butch Baker, the the cop, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just doing it, just like when I was assistant chief. I just a little. I started off not with the sheriff's department at a high rank, although I did. But now I'm the sheriff, and and I'm I'm in that position, even though I had to get elected by the the, the citizens of the community to do that. So uh, I didn't. I didn't really look at it as a as a as a political position as much as this one this job here is a political position you know and and, and you run for this job uh and and not knowing all the details although i did have a lot because for the eight years that i was sheriff i missed one county council meeting and one commissioner meter meeting out of those eight years so i sort of had a feel for what they had done in the last eight years and what had come up and how they had handled it. And uh, so uh, it's not like I uh, didn't know what they were doing and, and, and know the operation. So I finally gave in to, to uh, Bill Cronk and said, okay, I'll run. So that's that's how I started. So as you've run, you've you've been very different than other candidates in that I've, I've seen people try to give money, and your campaign does not accept contributions. I, however, as I'm running – I'm an absolute whore, and you can send me money, Jeremiah Morrill, <laughs> 3903 Jeffrey Street, Newcastle, Indiana, and we'll deposit your checks. You're not taking any checks, Butch. No. What's wrong with you? As a candidate, I would be beating the tar out of you if you're in my party. We always we always raise money. Well, I guess here it is. Um, uh, when I ran for sheriff, I took money. Uh, the sheriff race was a, a, a place of the first time when you got seven people. You, you I mean, you got to pull all the stops out, and it, it's very costly. It's the lifeblood of, of keeping a campaign. Right. You know, you're not paying yeah. in your pocket. You're paying for no, signs, materials, right. time, uh, volunteers. You've got a lot of work to do. A lot of work, and, and the costs are very costly. So I had that mechanism set up, and I collected that money, and I, I had a I had a campaign manager, uh, Todd Dahls, who, who basically took care of the finances for me, and and uh, and he did that did a great job, and I needed that. If I didn't, I mean, I I sunk about ten thousand dollars of my own money into that each of those races. Um, but the campaign, that campaign, the sheriff's race in the county is a lot more expensive than ten thousand dollars. So, um, I uh, uh, when I ran for for I ran for the commissioner's job, I guess. Um, uh, I just took the approach that you know, the people that gave me money when I was running for sheriff, I can honestly say this. And there was a lot of people throughout the community that contributed to to my campaign for sheriff. Never once did I have anybody ever come up to me and say, hey, can you help me? I gave to your campaign. Never. So I, I didn't have that to, to, to say that I didn't like that, which I wouldn't like that. 
but when I ran for commissioner, I just I just made the choice that I wasn't going to take money from anybody, and I also made the choice that I was going to take minimal amount of money out of out of my savings mm-hmm. and uh, run for this office. And if I got it, that's fine. And if I didn't, that's fine too. Uh, so that's that was my philosophy in the beginning. Now, having said that, and knowing that other candidates, uh, councilmen, uh, other elected officials, and during it during various times has taken uh, contributions, and there's nothing wrong with it. It's fine. Uh, but I've also known that they've had some heartache because people that have donated to them have come up and challenged them because they didn't like the way they voted. Yeah. So. By doing that, I'm sitting there thinking, "Boy, I'm glad I didn't take any money." And I had money, I had money offered to me. I've had money offered to me this time, and I've just told people, "I'm not, I'm not taking, I'm not taking any contributions." I, you know, I'm, I'm going to do the same thing I did the last time, and the outcome is, if I win, then I'll continue to serve. If I don't, then I'll look for something else. Yeah. Well, that I think it's a great. That's strategy. pretty good. And philosophy, it keeps it yeah. clean. Too. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it's so it's it's so different. Like it's 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 one of those things that I just uh, I'm at a loss for words. I've never I've never heard a candidate say, "Oh, we're not going to take money." Uh, it's just so strange to me to hear that. But it's I hear your reasoning for it, and it's brilliant. So uh, we've talked about you being a county commissioner. For those of we have people that listen from all over the state of Indiana and all over the country that don't necessarily have He's county commissioner. Another button. Here there we go. We're gonna get. We're gonna get into. You. Uh, it's getting hot in here, Danny. No, podcast what, uh, after dark with Jeremiah Morrill. It's the dark shirt. <laughs> this is not the second episode a week. I got a new microphone, and uh, I, I'm I'm now I'm in free farm mode here. I don't have to be leaned up on it. I'm, I'm protesting Dakota's new microphones he gave us. I, we, it's very different. It's I'm learning how it works. Um. Anyway, what's a county commissioner do? Everybody's not familiar with the county commissioner, so you're kind of like the county executive, but it's a board of three. So, just a a real easy primer on what does what's the role of a county commissioner and what are you overseeing? Um, as you said, the, uh, the executor of, of the county, the three of us together are like the mayor of the city. Uh, the difference is, is two of the three of us have to agree upon something before we can put anything in place. Uh, you know, we oversee the operations of the county, the employees, the policies and procedures, um, uh, the fleets. I mean, uh, payroll. Uh, we sign off on all the payroll. We sign off on all the bills. And there's tons of bills that come in every month to the, the – we got 12 buildings. Uh, so you got 12 utilities. Uh, you got maintenance. Uh, you know, there's just all kinds of things. Ordinances, any ordinances, any resolutions, um, uh, those come to us. And then we – county attorney and with his advice then we we uh, will process those and go through sometimes public hearings and then we'll uh, uh, have to make a decision and that's the big thing we have to make decisions on about everything that takes place and uh, in doing so we we uh, will take input and we'll listen and then it's the bottom line it's up to us uh, I know there's a lot of people would like on any any and every issue they would like for it to go to some kind of a referendum but we, we heard that last week. We don't do that, you know, in the state of Indiana. And, and, I, and I guess if we did, we'd have to have an election with all the, the different issues that we have. And everybody else has. Every county has the same issues. But the, the, um, we'd have to have a referendum every, every month and have about 20 things on the referendum for them to, to vote on to see what the majority of the, of the public wanted. So you guys meet twice a month? Twice a month. Six o'clock in the, uh, the old county courthouse. 
Yes. Or the county courthouse, courtroom. Courtroom, yes. Yeah. And, and we have a meeting on the uh, second Wednesday of the month at uh, 3.30. It's called a work session. Uh, we have a work session that allows the three of us to sit in the same room in a public meeting, open to the public, uh, in the same room, and we can hear from department heads or citizens uh, who want to talk about a particular issue, and we can we can discuss that issue between ourselves. Uh, we just can't make any decision. So a lot of times, maybe on the first or the second Wednesday of the month at three thirty, we'll have a meeting that usually goes till five, and then at uh, at six o'clock, then we will uh, actually do some uh, decision making based off of the information that maybe was presented to us at the work session. So some of the issues that uh, that that have been going around the county for the time you've been in office, and I, I assume these are some of your platform issues. Uh, going back to your time as sheriff, the county jail has been like this this hot button issue where we've been. You needed a new roof. You've got plumbing issues. You've got overcrowding. All of the stuff going on with the jail. Um, are you in a position where you're advocating for a new jail? I know Delaware County and Marion County are both, or Delaware County and Rush County are both building new jails. Is that the future for Henry County? Or I know where where do you see the jail situation going for Henry County? Well, you have to go back to when I was sheriff in, in 20, uh, 2013 uh, as a sheriff. Uh, with the conditions and everything that we had going on with the sheriff, with the, with the jail. And, and you got to remember that the jail opened in 1980. Uh, it was built in 78, 79, opened in 1980, and it was designed and built. It was the last linear jail in the state of Indiana. Everything else has went to pod. So the pods are the, are the future of, and still are the future of, of the jail, two-story pods. Hmm. So, but when the jail was built, it was built for 68 people. So the square footage, the bathroom, the toilets, the sinks, the showers, uh, were to code for the 68 inmates, the maximum amount of inmates. A jail is no different than a church. You know, once your church gets up to about 80%, then there's not enough elbow room. So it's overcrowded, even though it's you got maybe under 68 people in there. So at that point in time, I was, you know, 100 plus. And the jail, another 75 or 80 across the street uh, in the, uh, the jail, uh, the work release center at that point in time. Uh, we, we actually ran a work release center and uh, community service with inmates. So um, at that point in time, I started the process as a sheriff. And, at the, and the federal government will only recognize a letter from the sheriff. They won't recognize a letter from the commissioners or the mayor or anybody else. So I sent a letter to the federal government in Washington, D.C., and uh, requested a, uh, an assessment of our situation here in Henry County. And they sent in a team of four people. And uh, that was a three-day. We had two public meetings. It was well attended. Um, and after that, uh, I started a, a criminal justice coordinating committee. Coordinating committee has about 25, 26 people on it. It has... Uh, representatives from throughout the county, and uh, basically we started the process uh, to look at uh, uh, what our needs were and how we could combat this overcrowding problem. So we've—why do we have—we so, we have so many more people in the jail because they don't go to the state anymore. That, that, the the that state changed, changed some rules in the yes. last four or five years, and now the county is responsible for housing folks instead of sending them to a state prison. That's true. Yeah, it's exactly true. And our numbers have fluctuated up and down. 
I think today there's a... The prosecutor uh, got better? Is that what happened? We got, we're, now we're uh, keeping more people? Well, no, I mean, I, I think the prosecutor's office and the judges, actually the judges and the prosecutor right now have been working real hard in an attempt to speed up the process. Uh, if there's, if today there's 107 people in the jail and uh, probably out of that 107 that's actually housed in the jail, uh, I'm going to say, because I didn't look at the actual number, but I'm going to say probably, oh, 12 of them have been sentenced. The rest of them are waiting. waiting. And yep. they'll be, and, and, if it, and if it's a level uh, five, six felony or up, they're going, or down, yeah, up, then they're going to be there for a year before they're sentenced or released, whichever <laughs> the case may be. Why does it take a year to get sentenced? You know, and, and that's what I was talking about, that the judges and the, and the prosecutor's office and the public defender's office has been working, trying to expedite and speed that system up. But it's that way, not just in Henry County, it's that way everywhere. It's everywhere. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 there's, there's not a, there's not a, uh, there's not a, uh, uh, a lot of times it has to do with the inmate. You know, the inmate says, I'm not, I'm not taking a deal. Uh, I want to go to trial. And then when they wait. They go through the discovery process, which takes time for both sides, and then when the, they have a couple hearings, and then then, then then so these are folks that are are awaiting trial. They're not convicted yet. They're, they're just they're right. not out on bond or bail. Nope. They're just yeah. waiting in jail until right. they go through the yeah. trial process. Right. And some of them can bond out, but the bonds to Too the expensive. point that they can't. Or some of them have bonded out and they recommitted another offense allegedly, and now they're back in and there's no bond. In right. in this county, what is the main reason to be incarcerated? say that takes the majority uh alcohol and drugs yeah i mean that's the bulk of the people in there for that there's there's a occasionally you'll find a a person in there that had alcohol didn't play a part or drugs Mm -hmm. didn't pay a part in them being in there but those are far and few between right um but i think you if you go to the other counties you're going to find pretty much the same thing Mm -hmm. yeah do we have a drug problem here yeah we've had a drug problem here for years every other county does too every other county does too exactly right yeah uh but uh you know, we do substance abuse classes in the, in the jail. I did it when I was there. Uh, Cronk did it when he was a sheriff. Rick's doing it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, those classes are great. Uh, and, and occasionally you'll get somebody that uh, that uh, comes out and doesn't reoffend. Yeah. Um, those are far and few between, too. So at this point, is do the commissioners have a have uh, a working plan for what the future is for this jail, or what's the uh, what's the next step? Well, there's been a couple steps since then. The uh, uh, there was four of us that went out to the uh, NIC, the National Institute of Corrections, and there was a week-long paid-for-by-the-federal-government uh, training, and it basically has to do with essentially what it is, is. is This is what a jail is. This is what it should be. This is how it should be ran, and this is what you need to do to look at uh, what you need to do with your jail, and this is how you, step-by-step, how you build a new jail. Go to the design to build a new jail. So when we came back from that, and one of the people that went to that was uh, Dick Bouslaw. And when he left, he basically went because nobody else had the time. He, it was summertime, and, and being a school teacher, he could take a, a week off. And he went. And when he went, uh, he was opposed to a jail. And the reason he was opposed to a jail is because the jail's not that old, and his house is older than the jail, and he's still living in his house. And when we got out there, one of the instructors, because he brought that up, one of the instructors said, yeah, but how many people you have living in your house? Let's put 80 people in your house for this many years, and what kind of condition is your house going to be in? And, and things like that sort of set in on him. And he went out there saying, 
we don't need. And he came back saying we need to do something. So, uh, unfortunately he's, he's, uh, leaving that position, but he's, he's one of the supporters at this point in time. Uh, we, that criminal justice coordinating committee, uh, besides the trip, we went out, we came back, we came back armed with all the material we needed. Uh, we then started a process to hire a, a consultant company to come in and do an evaluation, uh, of not just the jail, but the entire criminal justice system, prosecutor's office, uh, uh, courts, everything, community corrections. And then he's been putting together, uh, there was a, there was a downtime delay because of, um, uh, money. Uh, there wasn't any money to hire him. We, uh, the commissioners, uh, did a, a process and they selected who they wanted to hire, but there wasn't no money to pay him and the council didn't have the money to pay him. So what they basically did was until we got the, the low up money, um, that's where they was able to pay him. So once three years later, when the low up money come through public safety money, they, they, they took some of that money and hired him and he's been in the process. Now it's been probably just right out a year and, uh, he's getting very close, uh, to having a report back to us. So, so are what, there any federal or state grants that the county can apply for no. as far as the jail goes? No. At least there was. We'd be that puts you in a tight spot. <laughs> so yeah. when, once you get a once you get the report back and assuming that it says, yeah, we need to build a new jail facility, uh, do you go bond route like Rush County did? Or, Rush County's jail was $25 to $30 million price tag to, to, to build a jail. Our ability to bond at this point in time uh, may be limited because we still have a bond out on the justice center. Um, uh, so that's, that's one of our uh, issues that, that, that uh, we'd have to look at. I, the, uh, this, the other issue that we may be able to do, uh, there is a sort of like the public safety lot money. We could, there's, there's a, it's not a popular thing to do. I know this, but uh, we could enact a, another tax uh, similar to the public safety which would generate, and I think the last time I heard it, it was generate just a, like a, a million point eight dollars a year. Uh, and if we if we did that, and it would probably cost each household in our community um, two hundred dollars a year. We talk. Is that another property tax? Another pro. Well, yes, another property tax. It's a, so that was kind of something that we that we brought up on the Susan Hoon episode was the was the public safety money going to the jail yeah. and. Uh, uh, as far as I know, there's still there's thirty five thousand dollars that is that's unaccounted for in the low budget, or is that incorrect? I, I don't know about anything not being accounted for. So is there is there anything that that could be cut from the public safety fund that could go towards a jail? Well, uh, and, I mean, I know it's yeah, kind it, of <laughs> well, and, uh, and my figures are going to be round figures. I, right. I know that uh, last year and, and this year, last year there was probably over $100,000 that was uh, put into maintenance to fix some of the things in the jail that needed to be fixed, security measure uh, items such as uh, the, the bar doors that the, had been busted and broke. Uh, so this year they've had to fix a few more doors, not to that extent. So if, 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 we, if we were able to, over a period of time, carve down, we're not going to have to put another new roof on because we got a new roof on it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, if you, if you had a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand dollars a year that you could throw off to the side to throw at a jail, then you're going to wait another, probably, I don't know, 15, 20 years before you can actually do anything. Um, mm-hmm. uh, 
again, I know it's not a popular thing. Uh, that money was there to enhance and uh, the emergency services, uh, whether it be police, fire, or EMS. Uh, and uh, and that's what it's been doing. Uh, it but paid for a lot depleted. of new, a new police cars. I know that, that before that was put in, the county had some ridiculously high-mile vehicles on the road. Yes, I did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yes, I, I did. I've never heard a lot of conversations about when, that. When Phil Cassain was still still around and he was a reserve, oh, his, his, 300,000 miles. He had hundreds yeah. of thousands of miles yeah. on his on yeah. his vehicle. Yeah. And, and when I was sheriff, and I'm not complaining about it, times were tough. Every year uh, after the first year I was there, my budget got caught. Mm-hmm. And it got cut and cut and cut and cut. It wasn't intentional. It was just, you know, it, it was just the, the times. Yeah. Uh, so. Well, uh, you you served from what? 2000? 2009. No. Eight. 2008 through 15. That's okay. eight years, I think. Yep. All right. So we've covered the jail. We've exhausted that pretty pretty extensively. Well, with the exception of one thing, if we, were, if we get to the place where we can build a new jail, uh, we can technically... One concept that we had several years ago, or I had several years ago, was to go out to the youth center and, and, and utilize it. Uh, I had a company come through and give me a ballpark figure, an engineering company, and said for $5 million we could we could add on a pod out there and, and make a 200-bed jail. Detectives, officers, the, the, the sheriff's administrative office could all be there. And, and that to me, that sounded like a fairly reasonable $5 million. I mean, uh, it's still a lot of money. I understand that. So that didn't fly. Uh, so now we're here where we are today. So uh, I've looked at some other places that for probably and we're talking $10 million and that's just a ballpark figure. Uh, but uh, we can build exactly where we're at now uh, onto the existing building, turn the old, the old building into detectives offices and put a 200 bed facility or 250 bed, whatever, whatever this thing comes back at uh, and uh, do it right there on county property. We own now and not, not take the jail and move it into another neighborhood because then somebody's going to say, not in my backyard. Right. It's already in somebody's backyard, and it's there where it's at. So, Or just hmm. get people to stop breaking the law. <laughs> if or, you figure out how to do that, <laughs> I, let me know. We need less I, I laws, have, yeah. and, and then we don't have to convict I have them. at least <laughs> one idea, and it deals with marijuana, but we're not going to get into that because right. it's not wow. a county issue. You, you talked about not in my backyard. <laughs> that, that segues us nicely into land use. It does. And sure. my backyard is a parcel that that's been discussed on Facebook and in social media here lately. There's a a little over a hundred acre parcel on three off three hundred north. Yes, that the planning commission said, hey, we want to rezone from rural residential to uh, light industrial. And I understand that that came to the commissioners this week, and you guys heard some testimony. And where, what's the process on that? And what's the the I, on a larger scale, what's the process that you guys go through when somebody says, hey, we want to take a parcel and, and do something else with it? Well, the first step is what's already happened, which is the, the planning. There's an application made, and the planning commission looks at it, and then they, they hear testimony, and then they look at it, and they, they make their decision. And then they send that decision up to us, and we can overturn it. We can go along with it. Uh that, that's the decision we had to make. Last night, uh, after we put out public notices, we we heard testimony probably from the same people that the Planning Commission heard from. And uh, after we heard the, the testimony, uh, both for and against, uh, then uh, we tabled it last night until uh, two weeks to our next meeting. And at our next meeting, then we'll, we'll have to make a decision one way or the other. 
during that two weeks time, and I and, and I'm sure we all three have. I know I have. Prior to the meeting last night, I had started looking at some different issues, and and I, I knew their concerns from from what I'd heard from the planning commission. When I say that, I'm I read the paper, and so I so I knew what was uh, what, what somewhat of what taken place there. So I, I've started looking at, at some of their concerns. I will continue to look at, at their concerns at this point in time uh, for the next week or so, week and a half. And then uh, two weeks from now, we'll we'll sit down, and, and I'm uh, sure we'll have to make a decision one way or the other. So this is this is an issue that's not going to be fester. Like the wind is a larger scale thing. We'll talk about that in a minute. But this is not one of those that's going to sit there for months and months and months. It's is going to be in the next couple weeks. You'll have yeah. a vote up or down to second, accept there. Second Wednesday next month, one way or the other, we'll we'll put it to bed. Okay. All right. So. Should yeah, okay, so we've been we've been seeing this ish, issue, and there's been a lot of outrage ab- around people in the community about this this particular parcel of land. So, I mean, do you think that how do you how do you uh, regulate that? How like what goes through your head whenever you're making these decisions? Well, it's regulated by our current ordinances, and there's ordinances out there, and I, and I don't think a lot of people realize. Uh, about those ordinances, and and, and, and those ordinances uh, control and dictate what can and can't go in a particular area, uh, how it goes in, what has to be done, uh, all the different regulations from the health department and the and Darren Jacobs' office and and the, Our token uh, the service, <laughs> surveyor's office, uh, you know, uh, the, the highway engineer, the highway de- uh, superintendent, all those all those departments. There are ordinances and regulations that. Whatever goes in there, we'll have to comply with, and and it's our responsibility, the county's responsibility, to make sure that they do comply with them, so that we don't have um, them doing something that they're not supposed to that creates a bigger problem. What they got now, obviously, you have a water problem out there. I well, no, I have plenty of water. Yeah, you have a water problem. <laughs> yeah. Too much water is just as bad as no water. True. I also have a sewer problem. I've got the yeah. double whammy. Yeah, you do. So. So uh, both the, kinds of water. The, the part, yeah, I've, got, <laughs> I've got fresh water and black water. And a little bit of gray right there. Yeah. The, uh, but this parcel that we're talking about is like 2,200 feet from my house. I mean, it's very, it's very close. Sure. I'm, I'm, a, I'm an affected and, neighbor of this and, decision. And there is a, there is in our ordinance, there is a setback regulation as to how close somebody can build in, let's say light industrial, if it was to go light industrial, but at the same time, Currently, it is a uh, rural residential. So theoretically, a developer could go back here tomorrow, go up to, well, I'll close tomorrow. Tuesday, they could go up to the office and, and make application and decide that they want to put in a subdivision, subdivision, a maybe a, a low-income subdivision like what's on the other side uh, to the north of you guys. They could put one of those in. Uh, they, could, uh, they could do you know, uh, apartment complex. They could do anything like that because it is zoned yeah, for that's residential. What zoned that's for. what it's zoned for. Right. So um, uh, for, uh, for it to be setting there farmland for the rest of its life, it could be. But then again, it could not be. It could be a residential area just as well as it could be a, a uh, light industry. If light industry was to go in there, they the setbacks will apply. There's a noise portion of that ordinance. Uh, this ordinance is already there in place, uh, and it just has to be enforced and, and made sure that it's uh, uh, adhered to when something was to go in there, if it goes in. Yeah, as a guy that lives in that general area, uh, 
just to our south and west, we have the Newcastle Industrial Park. And honestly, as a as a neighbor of that, I lived in the there's a set of five little apartments in one structure next to Duke Energy's building. Uh, Duke Energy, DL Couch, CarQuest, they were actually some of the best neighbors because people weren't there when you were home. They were at work. You know, they're gone. The grass is cut. It's nice. It's quiet. It really didn't affect my life having them there. It was actually nicer because I didn't have neighbors and people coming and going and stuff going on. It was nice and quiet. So yeah. is it is it true that Boar's Head is light industrial? Yes. It is light, yeah, industrial. light industrial. And yeah. it takes up 65 acres of land? Uh, they, they've got about that much land out there. Of course, that's parking lot and, and, right. and yeah. you know, uh, perimeter. And, and they've got a retention pond there, uh, that, uh, maybe two, if I'm not mistaken. And that, uh, just to clarify that, talking about the retention pond, like you said, that can that could help, right? The residents there with the water issues. Sure, w- whether it's a housing complex that goes in, or whether it's a, a business that goes in, whoever goes in there, if anybody ever does go in there, they're going to have to adhere to that water issue. Right. They're going to have to make sure that what they put in there does not adversely affect that area. But they're also going to have to fix whatever the problem is now. And we all know right. there's a problem there now. So the, whatever they do is going to have to address that water problem. Yeah. And by doing so, the residents on Jordan Drive, uh, no matter what goes in there, it's going to be a plus for them. They're going to have so somewhere the, to send water potentially. Sure. Yeah, because sure. there's no factory in the entire world that wants their factory floor to flood whenever it rains. No. I mean, that, that's, I mean no. that's not going to happen. So – one of the other big land use issues that we've been seeing, and it's been a hot topic since you've joined the county commissioners, is the wind farms. Uh, at this time, your organization or your your committee, the, the Board of Commissioners, has been studying something called a WEX or a Wind Energy Conversion System Ordinance. Uh, I guess, can you help us understand what your role is in that? Are there any future, are there any projects right now that are that are expected to be built or are on the table. I know this has been, this is kind of the, of your opponent right now in the primary, this has been one of the main issues that, that he has been bringing forward. So I guess paint the picture as you see it today for the commissioners and your role and where that's at. Okay. But I'm going to go back a little bit further. Sure. Um, prior to becoming commissioner and I attended some of those work sessions uh, where the commissioners back then had put together a uh, uh, committee uh, for CAFOs and that, that CAFO is a confined animal feeding operation. Yes, yes. And, and, and that committee worked on that. And, and I'll have to say, of course, I sat through some of those sessions as the, as a sheriff for the purpose of trying to educate myself because I had been elected to this uh, position and I wanted to make sure I understood what was going on. So, uh, ha- having sat through those and watching those and seeing the, the outcome of that, they, they developed that. Don't get me wrong there was people on both sides of that in that committee and they didn't agree and nobody got what they wanted, but they come to a compromise and they were able to put together an ordinance that, uh, that, uh, everybody can today live with whether they like it or not. Uh, and, uh, and, and we get, we, the commissioners, we get notifications from the state on a regular basis that one of our local CAFOs in our County is either expanding or they're adjusting something or they're changing something and they have to apply with the state to get permit to do that. And they have to notify us that committee. When they designed that, they did a very good job because they put it on a point system. So if they do something that's, that's within the point system, they don't have to come back to the planning commission. They don't have to come back to the commissioners and, and we don't have to get everybody riled up again. 
So when they set that and designed that, they designed that so that if it was within these guidelines, they could do it, providing the state gave them permission. So when the state gives them permission, they can go forward with that. Since I've been commissioner, they've not had to come back and have any kind of, of uh, public hearings to make any adjustments or changes uh, for for a KFO. The wind, the wind is the same, was going to be the same process. We, the commissioners, tried to impanel, or we did impanel. We did impanel a group of people for and against the wind and uh, asked them to work on a, a new ordinance. We have an ordinance. We have an ordinance, and we've had an ordinance, I think, 2010. But that ordinance um, needs to be adjusted. I don't think there's anybody anywhere that won't say it needs to be adjusted. Some of them think it needs to be thrown out and kill the project. Some of people think that it needs to be more restrictive. I don't think there's anybody out there that thinks it needs to be less restrictive. That committee was put together. That committee worked on it, had numerous meetings. That committee, uh, committee was a little, uh, I'm not sure what word I'm looking for, but they, they, uh, there were some heated sessions between them. Uh, both sides was very passionate about their beliefs. And uh, they ended up having or having uh, a process, and that process ended up giving them to give to us uh, a proposal for a new ordinance, which when it came, which we never officially seen it, we knew what it was, but when it came, it was less restrictive. That's not what the three of us commissioners wanted when we impaneled this group to do this. We didn't, we weren't looking for less restrictive. We were looking for possibly more restrictive and any new ideas that could come in there to help safeguard the citizens of Henry County and take care of Henry County as a whole. So when that, they disbanded, they gave it to us. We, we formed our own committee, the three of us, and we've had numerous meetings. Uh, we, we took numerous input for hours from both sides. Uh, we had set downs with uh, the, the people for wind farms and the people opposed to wind farms. They, they, they each give representatives. We, we sat there. We took their information. We've been provided with uh, documentation from both sides. We've been provided with uh, uh, the, their wish list. Uh, the, the people that are opposed to it uh, first when in, in written form. And then we've asked for some electronics forms of that uh, for, for obvious reasons. It's, if we agreed with something, it's easier to cut and paste and slide it over into a proposal than it is to retype it since I'm a slow typer. So uh, that's sort of the process that we went through. Uh, once we were done with the, the, the hearings and, and the, uh, the committee's input, the committee of, of the uh, uh, both sides, uh, basically what we've done, the, the, the three of us commissioners, we took the last, latest, and greatest that it, the, the people had agreed and not agreed upon, and I think it was like 26, 27 pages. And then uh, we have taken that and we have traded it around, sent it, uh, each other. In other words, I'll take, I'll take that version and I circle what I don't like and I'll, I'll put in what I do like right. and then I hand it to the to the other commissioner. He does the same thing. He hands it that one. And for the last month and a half, that's what we've done. We've taken that document and we've passed it around, passed it around, passed it around. So, so when does this come out of committee and get to it's out. an ordinance? Well, it's out of that part of it. Uh, at some point in time, there are three areas that the three of us can't agree upon. And we can keep passing that thing around until 
Yeah. Whatever. Until you're in the yeah. are, you, are you trying to get to the so, point where we have three votes yes or just two votes yes? Uh, well, we're just trying to get the, the place where uh, everything in there right now, with the exception of three areas, we've got three votes yes. Okay. And it, it's a lot longer than what it was before. We've incorporated a lot of input that we got from from the other side, from the people who uh, who are uh, opposed to it, and we've 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 incorporated some stuff that that the uh, uh, the people that are in favor of it have wanted, and the people that are opposed to it during the meetings that have agreed that that's not bad. So we've put a little bit of both in there. So we've we've increased it in size, um, and now we've got it to the place to where those three areas. That I know we can't agree upon, I um, I actually sent it to the the attorney, and the attorneys have it now. Uh, they're looking at the language to see if what we've changed and added and did if, if, if it's all legal. And so there, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of different things that are going around inside Henry County right now about the wind farms. It's been a big issue. It's been a hot button topic for a long time. Um, is there anything that the county is trying to do to uh, kind of help uh, extinguish all the myths and the uh, get get facts out there for people? Uh, I guess I, I have to ask you what you what you mean by the myths. Well, and, so uh, like uh, like there's uh, there's all kinds of different different things that are going on, and I I mean I don't want to get into this because I'm I'm personally I'm I'm really split on the issue sure. of of wind sure. farms, but there's been just so much polarization going on. And it it's kind of sad to see because people are are hating each other, like actual disgust for each other, just because of the of the wind issue. I mean, Cade Coger is one of our co-hosts here, and uh, we've seen a lot of it just in our you know comment sections and videos and different posts that we make. So, I guess not really the myths, but just trying to inform the public about it. Well, and, and I guess the problem there is, and, and when you talk about the the controversy. I'm setting our seats. Uh, <laughs> if you want to see controversy, and, well, I couldn't and, imagine. And, and, yeah, so, but but you know that that goes with the territory. That's just part of it. But but uh, for for and I'm not going to say for every report. But when you read one report that says A, then the other report says B, and then it, you 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 can do you can play that game forever. Yeah. If there was a clear cut, uh, they're good, they're bad, and it was out there someplace, then then it. Everybody be using whichever whichever that is. So, uh, from from my standards, once this thing comes back from the attorneys, and I told I told last night in the meeting, I said, you know, we will probably the three of us in an open meeting have to discuss those three issues. So, and, can, and then can go you share there. with us at this point, or is it still in the committee? What are the three issues that that you guys are that are like the we can't the agree sticking upon? points? Yeah. Okay. The three issues are this, and so every, and the paragraphs and all that stuff is going to be the same. The only thing is, is there's three areas that are that I've highlighted, which have to do with numbers, and it's going to be the setback, the decibels, and the hertz. Those are the three areas that the three of us have not agreed upon. Okay. So we've all got our own. We've all got our own uh, views as what they should be, and uh, at at some point in time, and, and there's a whole lot of other issues out there. And there's a whole lot of other things that we've changed and, and adjusted uh, that I think are just as important as those three that we've got right there. And there's not an industry standard for those, or a county standard, or a no. you know, a, you, it's up to you, your yeah. or your committee to work that it, out it, for our area. It's us, it's us to make that decision. Now we look at other communities uh, around the state of Indiana for one. Uh, 
we do that now. We've, we've done that. We've got the research on that. Uh, it's just the three of us can't agree upon on, on, on those three issues at this point. Uh, we will. We'll have to. We're right. an open meeting. And, and that's the way it should be. Yeah. So is there a setback? What's your what's your setback? Like your ideal, if, if you all are throwing darts at a number, is it 2,500 feet, 5,000 feet, 500 feet? What's a setback? For well, you, and, I, and then there's, I guess there's two different things. There's a property line and there's a structure line, right? Well, there's property line, there's a setback from a residence, and then there's a setback from a town. Okay. So a setback from residence would be like a foundation line, correct? Or well, is that fa- wrong? Foundation of your house, yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. Just so I'm understanding this correctly. Yeah. And at this point, I'll be honest with you, I I have mine, and and I sort of know what the other two guys have, but, but I'm going to keep that close to the... Stay Those are tuned. the best until we have our meeting yeah. with everybody sitting there. That, that there transitions go. me to my next question about transparency and local government. Sure. I, I, I've advocated for meeting times that are evenings for all these meetings, and the commissioners do a good job of that. You guys have a 6 o'clock meeting twice a month, uh, which is generally achievable. The county council needs needs some work on that, but that's you vote for me, that's what I'm voting for. That's my pitch. <laughs> Going to help uh, Clay Morgan out. <laughs> but before we turn the cameras on in here, we've got, you know, we've got a $300 Mevo camera and, you know, a few $40 microphones and a setup that... There's four of them. Uh, four of them. I, I forgot Danny barely talks, but he has it's a microphone $180. Over there too. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So keep, you keep him straight, Danny. A few thousand bucks for the setup we have here, and obviously this doesn't scale up completely to the setup you guys have because there's you know three commissioners and you know seven council members and number and and some some speaking podiums and attorneys and auditors. There's a, there's a little bit bigger setup that's required for for that application. But what's it going to take for us to get you know we we have a YouTube channel, we'd Facebook Live. You could do county government on Facebook Live. What's it going to take to get? 21st century technology in the county courthouse so that we have public access to all of your meetings and your your work sessions and that sort of a thing money okay that that's that's the basics of that but i'll be honest with you a year over a year ago uh uh, and i have the quotes laying on my desk uh from a couple different companies and and what we had talked about and and was looking into was um behind where dick bouslock sets and behind where uh uh mike thal sets on either side of the president of the council, pretty big white spot up there. And, and to put two 70 inch uh, TVs up there, not really TVs, but monitors. monitors yeah, sure. screens, and, yeah. and then we have a screen on the side over there already. And we've been trying to acquire a projector so that we can hook up to the computer and put a little workstation there. So if somebody comes in and they have a presentation, that would all show on that. Same thing would show on all three screens if possible. You would think Draper could help with that. Well, <laughs> actually, Draper did. Draper gave us the screen that's hanging up there today. Okay. Oh, so, awesome. So so it's installed, and it's there. And we've we've showed things on it. We've carried in the portable one instead of having the one hanging mm-hmm. from the ceiling. Right. But, but we, we've done that. And yeah, man. We've uh, I've tried to record in that room. I I tried to sit in the very back and uh, get a live get a live stream of it, Bad, and you it? couldn't hear a single right. word that anybody was saying. We're gonna work this out right now. Can we consider Boss Hog Liberty Media so Dakota can sit up front with Travis and, and Eldon <laughs> and Kevin Green? If I wear my local well, celebrity well, shirt, <laughs> if you guys bring all the equipment so that we can uh, enhance that that room, then you know I'm I'm be for it. I, the the okay. soundboard yeah, and everything. Yeah, the, all, yeah. You know the the new mics did come with carrying cases, so there, you there go. we go. Yeah. You've got well, some options, but you're gonna need more. You don't have enough. There we go. So, Talk into the microphone, that. please, Mr. Uh, Baker. Uh-huh. So so this uh, this Nixel. Uh, this this Nixle program that the counties come out with, uh, we we heard a little bit about that on the last episode, which was like the very first I'd ever heard about it. 
Uh, can you s- expound on that a little bit more? I, I don't know. Sure, sure. Uh, the emergency management uh, office uh, actually got this started two years ago in, in the sheriff's department and, and the sheriff and, and uh, Ron Huffman. And uh, it, initially it was set up and it, and it has been, it's got over 2,000 Henry County uh, people on, have registered into it. And, uh, and it's for emergency notices, um, weather, uh, road closings, um, some kind of a spill, the emergency management office can send that out and it automatically goes to a little over 2000 Henry County residents. They can also send out an alert that if you're in New York and you're driving to California, but you're driving through Henry County right now and your cell phone's on and your cell phone hits a tower that's in Henry County or adjacent to Henry County, you'll get that alert too even though you're not a Henry County resident. Okay. So that's how that sort of works. He has recently, uh, he being Ron Huffman, has recently set up uh, subsection, subcategories. Uh, I know the town of Louisville. He's been working with them, and they've distributed it. And if uh, the people in Louisville can, will log in with their keyword of Louisville, and they can then get alerts that are sent out by the, the town, town council. president, that town council. Uh, this, there's, a, there's a tip tip line now for all five school corporations that's been presented to the, the school school boards uh, that allows a student to t- call in or not call in, but t- uh, text in, text in and, and, and put a tip. They can, mm-hmm. they can say that Johnny's acting strange and I heard him threatening people and he's got a gun. Uh, that, that doesn't go to the public. That doesn't go to anywhere that can go to the school administrators uh, if they if they want to, they have to decide that they want to. But it goes to all law enforcement, police department, sheriff's department. So is this like included with our nine one one service, or how is this? Where did this come from? Well, uh, uh, it was a grant that uh, Ron Huffman mm-hmm. wrote, and it's uh, it's fairly costly. And I think the sheriff may have helped out a little bit with some funds uh, for the second year. Uh, and, and and it's a good tool from that aspect uh, for public safety money. It's something that's an enhancement. That's what public safety money is supposed to be for, is to enhance right. public safety, that this is a public safety enhancement. Not as necessary for public safety, but he's been able to tag on there these towns and communities that want to have their own little uh, alerts. It's not really an alert system. It's an information system. And uh, obviously Henry County government needs that because we've been listening for the last two years. We don't take the paper and you need to tell us about it. You yeah, need to, but, you need to yeah, but I don't us. have a cell phone, Butch, and well, it's your job to tell me. Then you read the paper. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't have a cell phone, then you read the paper. So you Why know. aren't you sending <laughs> a carrier pigeon to my house? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so uh, if, if somebody uh, wants the county, and they're not going to get a lot of them. I mean, uh, before our next meeting, 48 hours before our next meeting, if, if I know some topics that might be hot topics, or even not hot topics, not the normal stuff, but something different or new. I will, uh, I will, I'll put that on there, and, and yeah. I'm the one that's been given the access uh, as the president. It's power of the presidency. Yeah, it's that extra money. <laughs> <laughs> that's how that works. Some, some, I've, I've contacted some of the other uh, agencies, uh, department heads, and said, "Hey, if you've got a, a meeting coming up, it's a public meeting, uh, like the planning commission." I said, "If you'll give me your stuff, and, and they've already said they will, I'll make sure that gets put out." Uh, at least 48 hours before that meeting so that the, the public can be alerted. Now, as of last night, I put out 30 sheets of the Nixel sheets, and every one of them was gone. So I'm hoping that everybody was at the meeting last night 
has signed now for has signed up for it. So if people yeah. want to sign up, they text uh, to the number 888-777. They type the word Henry County. They send Henry County, and they'll be signed up. Yes. So that's the it's that just that easy. And then you get tweets directly from Butch into your inbox. Yeah. Henry Henry <laughs> County. All one word. Is it yeah. at real Butch Baker? No. <laughs> and in fact, just so 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 we don't confuse anybody, Butch Baker's name doesn't show up on there anywhere. It just comes it, from county It government. just comes out. Of, of, of Henry County Merit Management, and then it says, I, I the first line that I put in there is uh, county, Henry County Commissioners, and that's all it is. So it, it's, a, it's from all three of us. All right. Yeah, we just got a good tip here. Uh, to Maybe it would be a good idea if we if – we, uh, put up some flyers at places, you know, like the ATT and Verizon stores. If you could ask them, yeah, those guys are sign you up as you go into the yeah. set your yeah. cell phone yeah. store. That would be, yeah. be that's a great idea. idea. Good idea, yeah. So right. we need to talk about my roads real quick um, and how those get, and what the process is for that. Because you know, this is the time of year where every single year in Indiana we have the freezing, the thawing, and everything else from the winter time, and the roads just get oh, horrid. They get they get really really bad. And I need to know uh, what, how you guys set the priorities for different roads. Um, you know where the, uh, where you call in to uh, to give the tips about like, hey, my road is full of potholes. The answer is you go to Citizens Henry County to tag Kim Cronk. He comes out <laughs> personally fills your pothole. I've read it, I've read it a thousand times. He personally does it, man. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> uh, to answer that question. Excuse me, just a second. He's going to need some water. He, this, this apparently <laughs> has been rehearsed. This is a long, You're probably ex- tired. Of it. No, long explanation. Uh, but but basically, um, to start with, yeah, the roads do this every year, and, and there's nothing we can do. Just like we can't control the rain, uh, we we can't control the weather, and we can't control the roads. Our roads are bad, uh, and and uh, if you look at the big picture, um, our roads we have 800 miles of road, and. Uh, which is it? Which is pretty big. Uh, it's the same for as Wayne County, County, like our, same, for same, get, our population. Yeah, it's Wayne, pretty big. Wayne County has about eight hundred miles of road. Uh, we have eight hundred miles of road, roughly. So um, to to fix those roads costs money. We have uh, there, there's four mechanism mechanisms for for funding. Uh, two of them are, are taxes, gas taxes, and then there's a uh, uh, a couple other. Uh, there's a low hut tax and there's a wheel tax which is a lot tax and mm-hmm. and so some of that f- funding three of those fundings every penny of it has to go into material it, it can't go into labor it can't go into it has to go into material you have to put that much money hmm. in material and that's really interesting i never yeah, knew that yeah and so not now, this man is, hours or anything no the other fund can go for man hours and okay it, and it does but three of those funds have to go for material well why why is that state State statute. The state sets it up that way. The way the no, state we, sets we, it up. We don't, we, we don't control that one. Huh. That, that's, that's really that's, interesting. Now, having said that, it costs around $75,000 to redo a road, asphalt. One mile. One mile. $75,000. That's crazy. So 75000 times eight hundred. If we start the GoFundMe now, you can yeah. get them all <laughs> done. Yeah, there we go. Well, a million dollars will do approximately 14 miles. Now, we don't pave every road. Some roads we look at, and they're structurally they're sound. Maybe they're alligator cracked, and that's going to let water down there. And you just need and some, some tar. So, so yeah, it needs to be a d- double tarred and chipped, and that will preserve that road for a period of time. Most roads, when they're they're redone, repaved, they're going to be good for approximately maybe ten. Now, Danny got his years. road paved. Who did he buy off to get his road paved? <laughs> what do you mean? I didn't get no money. It's, it's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, 
And then, Cade and I actually went together to get the road done. Isn't there some yeah. uh, type of county or city official that lives out there towards you? I heard are, the we mayor gonna, are we not going to get into that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, oh, wait. We're still trying to get him on the show. I forgot. <laughs> to, to, to answer your first part of your first question, is it's called PASER. Uh, there's a state, federal guidelines for rating the roads. And uh, once uh, we have a couple county employees that have been certified for that, so they go out and they rate the roads. And the roads change. If you rated a road two weeks ago or two months ago, especially two months ago, and there was no snow on it, you went out and rated the road, it's going to change now because some of them are blowing up. Some of them that didn't look too bad uh, a month ago uh, are disastrous now. Oh, we just had a roller coaster ride in the winter, man. My road's so nice, I have lines on it. And not many people say that. <laughs> See, it's true. He's, he's bragging, man. Yeah, he lives he out in Westwood. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He's Henry Township's elite. It's, it's highbrow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know, I'm I'm glad that we could take care of your road for you. <laughs> you know, and remember that I, at election I, time. I appreciate it very much. I'm yeah. not complaining. Yeah, that's that's very nice. And but there, but I I guarantee you, out of the three or four hundred miles of road that are not too bad, uh, all the rest of people. We're going to give them your name and number, and they can call you. <laughs> Seven <How's> six five. <laughs> five yeah, two. <laughs> so twenty one twenty eight. So what I'm hearing is that Danny is a member of the Boss Hog Liberty podcast, and that made him important enough to have his road paved. I don't know. It's hard to say. <laughs> That's a good question. So there was an announcement yesterday. One last thing on the roads. Uh, the county about a month or two ago, there was an announcement that we'd applied for some grant money. Yes. Uh, Next level roads money was awarded, and yes. it's not going to go to roads necessarily. It's going to be. There's a lot to roads. You have bridges, you got roads, and you've got signs. So this is going to be six hundred and forty thousand dollars towards signs. Signs. Yeah. In twenty twenty one. Over a period of years. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and the signage is something that you don't think about until it's not there. Until you can't see that it's County Road yeah, 300 South. Right. And you're like, where the hell did that go? Yeah, $640,000. Yeah. I should be in the sign business. There you go. That's four yeah. townships is all yeah. it's going to pay for. That's like wow. 20% well, of the county. Either that Gosh. or the asphalt business. Because yeah, that's, that's where the yeah, money is. We can't 000. have an asphalt business in this county because somebody voted no. Uh, you're right. And, and, <laughs> and that's, that's, one of those, that's one of those unfortunate things as far as I'm concerned because our county highway has to drive to Shelby County or to yep. Delaware County. Delaware County to get asphalt. To get asphalt. So Gosh, that's if, another thing I never even thought about. Yeah, if they need if they need sixty trucks of asphalt today and once that machine starts going down the road It can't stop. If they do stop, then you know it stopped. You've when got you, a the joint. rest of your life when you drive over that you're gonna feel it. So they need yep. it to continually go so they gotta have those trucks sitting there waiting, ready to go. Not been sitting there too long because the stuff has to be at a certain temperature. So it needs to drop in there and they need to, to go on down, down and the you, road. You know who pays for the gas that it takes those trucks to get down there? Yeah. Because I drive, a, I drive a really big truck for a living and it does not get very good gas no, mileage. No. So that's a lot of hauling where if we had a asphalt plant in the county and everybody agrees that we need an asphalt plant in the county, but they also all agree that as long as it's not in my backyard. Mm-hmm. Right, you you ended up in Prairie Township, huh? I'll take it. <laughs> I, I got a big field, and I'm sure the the guy that owns the field over will be glad to to sell sell. You think uh, they can sell, fit sell. one back here in my backyard on H Avenue? Nah, I don't think so. I'll tell you what, you can put one. <laughs> the zoning problem. With that. <laughs> the old Firestone fa- Firestone facility is heavy industrial. That might be a spot. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Yeah, but. The reason they probably never really looked at it because they always try to get something out on State Road Three, more centrally located. That yep. they that not only the county highway and the, and the uh, city could use highway department use, 
but uh, you know, other industry could use it also. All right. This is the very last thing, the very last topic that we have on the show notes. It says Memorial Park Saddle Club or the Doughboy stance. Yeah, the, the, the I, whole I Memorial really, Park thing. Man, I really want to know about this Doughboy. I want to know what you think about that. What What even can a commissioner do with that? Like, is there anything that you can do about the Doughboy statue? Sure. Yeah, we can. Uh, right now, it's in the hands of the park, uh, and it's in the hands of a, a, a committee that that uh, was put together, and there was been numerous meetings. Uh, there was 60, 70 people at several meetings throughout the, the state or the uh, county of Henry. They were in Middletown and Knightstown, Newcastle, a couple different locations in Newcastle, and there was, there was numerous of them. And I attended a lot of them. Uh, I think I missed one or two. Um, I was never on a committee, but I attended the meetings, and they, they broke up into subcommittees. And uh, one of the subcommittees dealt with uh, the memorials and the and the doughboy issue, um, and then uh, then brought back the report, and then uh, that committee then brought back the report to the, the the entire group, and they they voted and made a decision to uh, do certain things. Uh, then it was taken to the uh, park board, and the park board listened to, and it's more than just a doughboy. There's a whole lot of different areas out there that they they were. Uh, looking at and adjusting. So they have got to the point to where they, everybody was in agreement at that point. And there were 60, 70 people pretty much at every one of those meetings. Uh, wow. Some of them was the same people, some of them was different people. Uh, and then uh, as with most, most things, when they, when you get to a point to where uh, actions taken, money's been raised and things are starting to happen. And then uh, as the word gets out a little bit more, not that it, I mean, Everything was announced and everything was there, uh, but now there's a, a group of people that, that are, are opposed to it. It's still in the park board. The park board's got the decision on it. Um, push come to shove, just like anything else, the commissioners could override their decision. I don't know that that would happen. If the park board says, we're going to put it back, they're going to put it back. If the park board says, we're going to put it down there, then... It's probably going to go down there. I don't know that the that the commissioners, the three of us, would uh, would entertain overriding whichever decision that they decide to make. And I, and I know they've committed themselves, but I also know that they're willing to hear more. So that means they're at least going to look, listen, and 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 maybe maybe make a different decision, or maybe make the same decision. Uh, from the last park board meeting, there the the committee that's moving forward is hoping to have something in place by. July Probably for July, July 4th. 4th. Yeah. So, I mean, if there's, I, they're on a certain path. I'm not, you're running out of time to change it if something's going to change. And, and if you're asking me for my personal opinion, uh, whether it goes back or goes down there, I mean, I think I'm, I'm still, I think that's up to the park board. But I, as a young man growing up here, I knew the Doughboy. So many people that I've talked to, even my age, uh, Doughboy, what's a Doughboy? And, and they didn't know it. Now, when I was growing up, I did spend some time in the park, so I knew about the Doughboy. But at the same time, there was different things different then. I mean, back and there's a picture floating around from the from the Courier Times when the Doughboy, I think 1929, 1928. I think 29, like yeah. 29. yeah, 29. And, and that picture, there's no trees, there's nothing. It's there. Uh, but I remember uh, that Doughboy being there when I started driving, first started driving, and when I first started driving, the State Road Three was a two lane road, and it got converted to a four lane highway. Yeah, I know I'm old, uh, <laughs> but but the but the uh, the road actually was higher 
there in front of the Doughboy uh, back then before they cut it down and dropped it down considerably distance. They huh. dropped it down uh, because there was a big hill there, and there had been some. There had been a couple hit. One of my classmates had a head-on collision on State Road Three when it was two lane, uh, right there, just south of uh, of the, uh, the the house where the superintendent lives, and south of the Doughboy, because it used to go and just drop off pretty pretty steep drop off right there. I can kind of see that in my head there, where the where where the grade is up there the, by the Doughboy. The, yeah, the grade is dropped down. The road is dropped down considerably. It used to years ago when you drove by. You could look over, and you, you weren't eyeball to eyeball with and, the Doughboy, but it was right there. And then right. when, when that road got cut down, now you when you drive by, you sort of have to look up and look over to, to, to mm-hmm. see it. So it, it's not as visible since they did that. The uh, inner urban used to run down through yeah. there. The inner urban's still there. The height of it's still there, and it was about the same height. So, you know, things have changed, That that and, and the trees grew up, and uh, the – the company that uh, has refurbished it, one of their uh, issues was is that thing had a years and years of sap dropping on, just like sap dropping on your car and how right. what it does. If you don't clean it off and, and maintain it, you know, it uh, it can deteriorate it fast. Well, and to me what is too bad is you have people that are legitimately trying to do something good and trying to make something better, and it's not it's not being perceived that way, and it's being kind of villainized. And... No one's trying to move anything and be malicious and disrespect anyone. It's, right. it's for the betterment of the park and the community. And it's uh, it's interesting how some people' opinions well, are perceived completely different. I suppose it's kind of I I kind of held that same that same opinion whenever we first started talking about the Doughboy, where it was like, okay, you're people are trying to make something better. Why would you be against it? Mm-hmm. And then. Um, Actually, you know, to give credit to Mark Sean Orr, um, he just the history behind it. I'm a really big history guy, personally. I really love learning about history, especially you know if it's a place that I am involved in. He he's kind of helped. Uh, he he's done a really good job of shaping my opinion to where if there was something that we could do to honor more modern veterans, as far as a Memorial Park goes, mm-hmm. then uh, it it should be done. And I think that it would be worth trying to, uh, even if it does take longer, even if it, this thing isn't done before July 4th, then I do think it it would be worth to see if we could get uh, enough money raised or by grants or anything to where we could ha- add a new memorial to our memorial park. Yeah, whether it's that one or another one, I think there's always, it's a memorial park that's a living memorial. So there's sure. always going to be, as long as we keep dropping bombs and sending kids overseas, we're going to keep adding memorials to that park. Sure. Yeah, unfortunately. unfortunately, that's the that's the way it's going to go. Uh, yeah, and that that was a that was another uh, interesting thing that you brought up was about the uh, the the rail that went through there. Was that uh, I I saw recently that there was a a proposed trail that was supposed to head through that different head through that area. Yes, and if that if that happened, then you know obviously it would uh, it would really help access to the Doughboy where he presently is. Right. So uh, I mean. I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. So the park is not only a veterans park, but it's also the home to the Henry County Saddle Club and yes. Henry County uh, Fairgrounds for 4-H. So yes. there, there's a project that I you've been supportive of uh, relocating from the current grounds to a new five-acre site uh, for the Ag Expo Center. Uh, the ground I, that's been set aside. Well, and, and the proposed is 60 acres. 
it may be, yeah. it may take five F- acres five acres for, for now for yeah, development yeah, okay, now right, and yeah, then the long term right, the, right. the more yes. the larger acreage yes. area. Yeah. I just want to be accurate if I'm gonna sure. <laughs> so yeah, and 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 uh, obviously uh, when they started the 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 overall the meetings and, and the different groups that started the, this process there there was uh, there there was an initiative for the the 4H purpose of it uh, to to rebuild the the barns behind the Smith Building. And then when that process started, there was an issue with the, the condition of the ground. And it was recommended that, well, was told that we couldn't build there because uh, the, the ground wasn't uh, stable enough um, to build that kind of facility there. So uh, it's going to be cost prohibitive to d- put the right foundations in right. because that's not virgin ground. It's, right. it's fill ground. It's fill ground. Right. So they, they have, mm-hmm. have, have pretty much everybody has agreed. We haven't signed an agreement yet, but it's in the works to move it over to the same side of the, the road as the saddle club is adjacent to the saddle club and that would put the the uh expo center the, the and the 4-h facility uh for everything uh over there uh and again that would house 4-h uh everything is horse and ponies horse and pony would still be with the saddle club but they would be side by side adjacent to each other all right all right very good. Well, we're at that point in the show where we get to final thoughts. If uh, if people want to, uh, have we covered? Is there any other major issue in the campaign that we haven't hit, or have we we flogged the horse to death? <laughs> no, pretty much, pretty, pretty much, uh, you covered everything. I hope I've answered your questions yeah. and and, uh, and and been able to to make some sense of, of what I was saying. I, I guess I'm, I'm going to go back to a topic that. Uh, I'm probably going to kick myself for Camaro doing this. story. No, no, the Camaro <laughs> story is the Camaro story. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, uh, I'm going to go back to the wind issue. Um, uh, I'm not necessarily pro wind. I'm not necessarily anti wind, but I'm also not. Uh, you know, I, I understand. It's sort of like the KFO issue. Uh, with anything, there's two sides. Sometimes there's more than two sides, three or four sides. And for us to listen to all those sides, take that in, uh, I I feel. Uh, as an individual, and I feel as a commissioner, that there is and, and can be a middle of the road. Uh, and I've told I've told a lot of people this uh, over, over the last few months. Uh, when we get done with this, uh, the people opposed to it aren't going to be happy. The people that want it aren't going to be happy. The companies aren't going to be happy. And probably the three of us commissioners aren't going to be happy. So when this when the dust settles on this, Everybody's going to walk away, and everybody's going to be happy. But that means compromise, and we're going to come to something that that at least everybody can live with. They won't be happy, but they'll be able to live with it. Sure. Yep. So um, I know you're not taking money for your campaign, but if people want to volunteer their time, walk with you, help put out yard signs, how do people get in touch with the campaign to do that? Well, I have a Facebook that I'll be honest with you, I don't look at myself. I, my wife manages that for me, and she takes care of it. Uh, she keeps me informed of what's on there, and 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 uh, so if they if they if they want to if they want a yard sign, I I'm starting to put them out now. Um, if they want to Facebook me, uh, my wife will get me the information, and I'll get you the sign. Uh, if you if you want to, um, there's going to be a few Saturdays here coming up in the near future that I'll be uh, walking door to door in different parts of the community, and and uh, and I'm, I'm probably going to put that schedule on the Facebook. Uh, and if you're in that area and you want to help, uh, there will be a meeting place where we're going to start off with and, or Facebook it and, and tell 
tell my wife so she can tell me, and I'll be <laughs> glad to get you some handout material, and you can go walking with us. Oh, very good. So uh, City Councilman Aaron Dickin uh, messaged us and said that I have to get you to read some Morgan Freeman because you've got the voice of Morgan Freeman on the air. <laughs> so I need, you to, I need you to read this meme for me to, for, the, for the people of Henry County. To read, to read this? No, read this. Read this right oh, here. Oh, yeah. Famous get, quote: "Get busy living, or get busy dying." <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Aaron. Don't say we never did anything for you, sir. All right. Well, thank you, Butch, very I much like for Aaron. hanging out. Yeah, awesome. A lot. More. You like Aaron's? Yeah. Yeah, Aaron's brother's a lot better. Yeah, West. You think You're so? a big West, West fan. Dickin? Yeah. Hmm. Could West run for mayor of Newcastle? He'd give it a Dickin. <laughs> you guys see what I did there? <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much, Butch, for joining us. Thank we'll see you. if Danny's got any other questions for you or things to ask about. I think I'm out. Uh, I appreciate it. all your service. Um, you and your family have given up a lot to do everything you have in the community, and you continue to do so. So I know you get uh, a lot of ridicule, and it's probably not worth the time and effort half the time for you. But Danny shakes his you. head all the time at the volunteer stuff I get myself into, going, why the hell do you do this? And I'm sure he feels the same way. I, I don't have the patience for it, so I really do admire it. It's it's really impressive, and Rebecca does the same thing. So, and, and we enjoy it. I mean, I, I enjoy doing this 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 job. Mm-hmm. I enjoy dealing with people. Uh, I enjoy listening talking to people, even even if when they walk away, they're not happy. Uh, you know, I, and as long as I'm honest with them and, and give them, uh, you know, the best shot that I can give to them, then, then that's the best I can. But do. It, it gets so personal so often, and people get mean and nasty, and. Y- y- you want to walk away and just say, I'm not a shitty guy. Why are you being hateful to me? But, well, I mean, you guys handle it really well. So, But they're very passionate about what they believe. Mm-hmm. And, and what they believe may be right. But right. They're, they're very passionate about that. So I don't, I don't get upset about that when, mm-hmm. when, they, when they say I'm a crooked or, or, or this, that, and the other. I mean, they believe that. And, and they have the right to believe that. Right. Uh, so, you know, being a cop for 39 years, being threatened. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. Right. Well, thank you, ever, you anyway. You ever watch Parks and Rec and just watch the the, the community forum <laughs> meetings and go, yep, <laughs> I know the feeling. Nope. <laughs> I've, I've a long time thought about that. And in fact, whenever I was in Florida, I ran into a guy um, who was down there. We ended up talking for a long time. And uh, he's like, the only thing I know about Indiana is Parks and Recreation. Parks and Recreation. And, and I was like, well, you pretty much know everything about where I'm from. <laughs> Every small That's, town in Indiana, I feel, is the same way. Yeah. We don't have Little Sebastian, but we have the Doughboy. <laughs> sure. All right, Dakota, final final thoughts. We've already got our first Patreon subscriber, by the way, facebook.com yep, slash Patreon. Yep. That's right. Actually, you know what? We better reload the page and make sure. we got one oh, so okay. far. We Brent, still have the Brantley one. Spicer is in at $23 a month already. That's right. Yeah. I don't know how he decided on twenty three, but we're thankful well, for every dollar. I think dollar. he's twenty five, and then Patreon takes their little oh, cut. they steal from us. Yeah, they it's take like their cut. taxation. Yep. Oh man, I bet the county gets their vig off of it too. Hey, my oh, that's is too right, low. That's all right. I will take it, Brantley. And uh, if you, Brantley, better encourage everybody to get us to the one hundred and fifty dollar mark a month because uh, I, I can tell you right now that my wife is super excited to uh, to try to start this podcast and. Uh, you know, she's really big into like conspiracy theories. She's you not like, a con- You mean she, like that that conspiracy that says that if the commissioners rezone that one that one parcel to light industrial, that it's going to be a wind windmill laydown area for the I've big heard, construction job? That. I've heard that. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that before that yeah. <laughs> Of course, my, now, my my question to you is is on conspiracy theories is your is your wife going to be upset because you didn't know her name at the beginning of this? True. 
podcast? I don't know. Okay. Uh, hopefully, hopefully she didn't watch it. Yeah, let's hope not. Well, she's in the other room. I think she was. She uh, at least heard us. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so she's really excited to start that podcast. She is. Uh, she likes researching conspiracy theories because she's you know. It's one of those things where both of us, like, at nighttime, whenever you're laying down, it's like, how do people believe this stuff? Like, it, And then you look it, over and yeah. it's, she's sitting right next to you. No, she's not a conspiracy <laughs> theorist herself, but I think I think that one of her things is she just, uh, she loves, like, like researching things. Like, she just loves researching stuff and trying to uh, trying to find facts about things. So that's, that's what we're really interested in. Um, once again, our goal for that is $150 a month for 17 cents a day. Just seventeen cents. Like you can find that in your couch cushions every day. Um, that that is your five dollar a month subscription to the Boss Hog Liberty, and you will get a private shout out, or a, not a private, but a public shout out from us, and then joined into a private Facebook group. And then uh, thirty three cents a day, man. It, the perks really jump up really fast. It's like we're paying uh, for starving kids in Africa. Yeah, no, that's right. Sarah McLaughlin puppies in the background right now. The arms <laughs> of the angel. No, but by uh, thirty three cents a day, that's only ten dollars a month, and you can uh, you can donate that to us on the Patreon account, and that will give you access to a private RSS feed that is any. You know, behind-the-scenes audio, behind-the-scenes video that we produce, and you will see that. You will get that first. But most importantly, we are the most independent source of uh, news and journalism in Henry County and in uh, in this whole area, really. I mean, I'm, we're we your have only people... local talk radio that you oh, got. Oh, my gosh, this yeah. Is it. And uh, video sources, everything. So it's, uh, like I said, man, it's a really, it's a really big deal. And uh, we we need people to support us. Like, I mean, I don't know how much time you spend a month, but I feel like we're pretty equal. Yeah, on, I don't want to add up the time. I'll cry. Yeah, it's it's like a it's like a part time job, and we and uh, I mean, it's not really about the money because we're not going to be pocketing any of this. It's going to be going straight towards the studio that we're going to build to make us seem more professional but we will still keep the jokes flowing Lori hall wants to know if this is only a political podcast no but it is political season we've had everybody on here from robin miller the indycar guy to uh we've had people that live out of their vantage for the sport of it to yep. friends of ours that run golf courses uh it's a general interest actor, show right actor we and model ben actor, smith yeah ben smith from newcastle all kinds of different uh, folks on here it's a general interest show a couple weeks ago we had blonde and brunette on and that was uh, very little politics in that one uh, but right now it's election season. It's primary election season, so we're in that series doing the local government. Uh, follow Dakota Atokad Savad on the Twitter. Yep, at Atokad Savad on the Twitter. We've got we a, now have a, a Boss Hog Liberty Twitter page, and uh, I actually tweeted from my Twitter account the other day, and uh, it got one like, and that was, was from Jeremiah <laughs> because it said Dakota tweeted. Yep, that's uh, right. All right, final things from me here, uh, real quick. There's some more road construction coming. I don't know if it's on your radar yet or not, but I-70 is getting some work in Henry County. I-70 over the Flat Rock River. Both those bridges are getting replaced this year and next month's letting. Uh, so if you guys travel like to Ohio. you're bidding on these jobs. I, it's, I sold one. <laughs> I sold one and the other one I'm bidding on in a couple weeks. Uh, I saw it today. I-70 over the – or uh, the Wilbright Road over the I-70 bidding next month as well. So we got – So lots. you got your work cut out for we, you. Hopefully if I get it, uh, it's all, I have to be cheap. I don't. It's not guaranteed even though I live here. A uh, couple cool things, announcements. Uh, the 4-H Youth Day of Service is coming up in Henry County, uh, Memorial Park, uh, 9 a.m. on Saturday, April 28th. If kids want to show up or anybody wants to show up, it's going to be uh, sponsored by 4-H, but we're going to be working out at Memorial Park. So a real opportunity to help participate in uh, in the county's future. 
Very excited, Dakota got the Patreon set up. Uh, we've got these brand new Shure microphones that uh, I'm going to protest for a long time because I, I'm trapped. Yeah. I can't move around the way I normally like a, to. Butch, it was just like the show notes. As soon as I started writing show notes, Jeremiah hated them. I felt like he was boxing yep. me in. He wanted this to be free form and like an impromptu class, uh, like we were some hipsters in downtown Indy. And then uh, now, if uh, now we had a we had a podcast a few months ago to where I was like, you know, we'll just go, you know, we'll go free on this one, no show notes. And he actually ended up writing show notes the day before. I did. I make my own. I yep. made my own because I couldn't take it. So I know that these mics are going to be the exact same way. He's going to fall in love with them, and then he's going to go do a podcast like the one he did up in Maryland, and they're going to have condenser mics <laughs> like we had before, and he's going to, oh, I hate these now. That's <laughs> the way it goes. Thank you, everybody that's watching and listening and for subscribing to the, the Patreon page. It's, it's going to be the lifeblood to keep this show going, to help pay for these microphones. Uh, this show is going to go as far as the uh, the fans and supporters are going to take us. And... Uh, we're trying to do community service with it. We set up at, a, at uh, one of the recent park board meetings. I think we're going to be at the next Memorial Park board meeting. We're going to elbow our way into the front row at the commissioner's meeting and record a few of those, too, and make it available to the public. So uh, we do all of that with uh, with the support of the people and the public, and we, we thank you very much. Until next week, uh, I think we have, we have Betsy Mills next week. Betsy Mills, Betsy that's Mills right. Betsy Mills running for uh, Henry County Council in the, uh, the western part of the district. So she's a really interesting person. We're excited to have her on. She's uh, She's challenging and uh gonna be an interesting episode so look forward to that a week from thursday or a week from that a week from now we'll see you then <laughs> thank you for listening to the we're libertarians network get our other shows at we're libertarians.com